is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey there, Monty. Monty. Good. Uh, It's Tuesday, December 13th already. 20... 22 and Kyler Murray doesn't have an ACL. Good morning, everybody. Damn. All right, show's over. That was the entire show. We're all in mourning over verticality. Um, My heart's just broken. Talk a lot of NFL on the show today because the NFL is king. The playoff picture is redonkulous. And little Kyler's out. What about the Pac-12 conference? How about Pac-12 football getting crazy? Let me ask you this. The UC Board of Regents meets tomorrow. What if UCLA stays in the Pac-12? Have you thought about the possibilities? What would the Pac-12 look like? What would the Big Ten do to react if UCLA stays in the Pac-12? We'll talk about all of that. We've got Jazz and Pelicans tonight. Yeah. And it's. I guess we shouldn't be surprised that Zion Williamson is in town, and Krispy Kreme is giving away free donuts. Fat. I mean, is that any coincidence? Yeah, I mean, it's first team all fat ass. You know, you know. I mean, Krispy you know, Kreme knows what it is. You know, I we probably should be nice. What? I mean, we shouldn't be so harsh. I. It's a glandular me? issue. Uh, we'll talk lots of Utah Jazz this morning on the show, and I'll plant this seed in your brain. How important is Laurie Markkinen to the Utah Jazz? And I know you may think that's obvious. Oh, he's super important. Think about it, though. When you look at how the Jazz have lost recently, could Lori Markkinen have turned that around? We'll talk about that on the Monty Show presented by The Advocates. Find him online at theadvocates.com. Simply put, the best injury attorneys in the business. You know, we got 13 inches of snow up in Park City. You know, we got two or three inches across the valley. Crazy frozen roads this morning. If people are driving irresponsibly and they hit you, because they're going too fast. They're not paying attention. They're distracted. You need to be compensated for that. And please don't believe that the insurance company that you pay every single month to represent you is going to fight for you because they're not. That's why you you call the advocates. Your insurance company has lawyers. Why don't you? And the best part is if the advocates at theadvocates.com Uh, You don't pay consultation fees. There are no big retainers, no, no friends at the advocates. You do not pay them a penny unless and until they win your case. Check them out online at theadvocates.com. Don't forget for all of our friends in Phoenix, they just opened their office in Phoenix. So yes, the advocates are representing uh, our great listeners and watchers in Arizona. Check them out online at theadvocates.com. There's a little chat box. You can click chat with a lawyer now right there on their website at the advocates uh what's up good morning uh first one in this morning is uh ny monty fan who says good morning fellas nothing like waking up to a fresh dose of the monty show that's right that's right and by the way can we get an early start today the morning crowd's got to pull its weight with the like button okay yeah how about the uh how about the wins all over the flipping place yesterday uh on the on the uh good old youtube machine 
um, because yesterday was actually a really big day for new subs on the program. Now you know that you know that you know if we get to nine thousand subs by the end of the month, yes, that we're taking you plus one to a jazz game, black car, jersey, hoodie, whatever you want in the team store. Correct. You know we're doing that, and so we've been telling you that every single day on this show we need on the program. Uh, excuse me, on the program. Uh, we need somewhere between 28 to 33 subs a day, and we've been trying to chop that down. So can we get an official you know, sub count update here? The official sub count is 8,431 subs. Okay. So we are picking up about 30 to 35 subs per day. Oh, excuse me, 8,434. Okay. Now, 8,434 subscribers on the channel. So if, if you guys, if you do some quick math, Back of the envelope calculations here. You know, we have 8434. Right. And we're telling you that we're trying to get to 9,000. That's 566, 18 days left. Folks, that's 31 and a half subs. Yeah. I mean, per come day. On. Come on. We are trending. So if you want to go to a jazz game, it'll be me, Jake, you, and whoever you choose to bring with you. Um, good seats as well, by the way. Uh, we'll black car it. We'll buy you any jersey. I would tell you to get a sweatshirt because turnovers coming uh but you can get anything you want in the team store and then we'll hang out and we'll watch uh donnie and the Cavs take on your utah jazz as long as we get to nine thousand subscribers by the end of this year so i'm telling you uh let's do it um uc regent gumby says guys 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 his name is uc regent gumby 513 hey bearcat Says if UCLA stays in Oregon, we get the invite. USC owns the Southern California market with or without UCLA. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk some Pac-12 football right here on the Monty Show. Um, and let me ask you the simple question of what happens if UCLA stays in the Pac-12? It's something for people to think about because the UC Board of Regents, who essentially is the governing body of education in California, um, essentially manages the University of California at Los Angeles, UCLA. So there was a change in regulation and language that allowed UCLA to act autonomously in its best interest, to which UCLA said, okay, cool, we're leaving the Pac-12 and going to the Big Ten for a bigger payday. Well, all of a sudden that got some people rankled and politicians now don't believe it's in the best interest of UC on the whole, including Cal Berkeley, for UCLA to go to the Big Ten. So there is a possibility, although everybody I've asked says it's a slim possibility, less than a 5% chance right. that the UC Board of Regents would keep UCLA in the Pac-12. But the question has to be asked, what happens if UCLA stays in the Pac-12? Because it causes a ripple effect. So let's say that George Klyovkoch the commissioner of the Pac-12, gets what he wants, which he has very clearly lobbied for and fought to keep UCLA in the Pac-12. Well, if Klyovkak gets what he wants, here's a question for you. Well, UCLA stays in the Pac-12. What is the Big Ten going to do? They have a contract to fulfill with its new TV partners. What if UCLA is not an option for the Big Ten? Well, I agree with the, the commenter who said, well, doesn't that mean that we are probably going to see a situation where Oregon and Washington and or plus them both wind up in the Big Ten, which uh -oh. I think, yeah, which I think would be far more damaging to the uh, Pac-12 
without Oregon and or Washington in the conference, I think it's just as damaging as USC and UCLA leaving, Jake. So I don't feel like there's ultimately a good outcome here for the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the the conversation of, hey, who do we want to lose? Like, I think that that the Big Ten is such a juggernaut in the business and money-making space of college football that, that you know, the, the Pac-12 and really what's going to be the Pac-10 doesn't really have much of a choice here. I mean, if you want to keep UCLA, great. That means, as you said, that Oregon and these other schools are probably going to leave. If you want to allow UCLA to go, then great. You know, then maybe these other schools stay, but I have a sneaking suspicion they'll still go. So to me, I, I don't like if I'm the Big Ten, I'm not even worried per se. Worried's not the word I would use about UCLA staying or going. I, I'm more sitting here saying, okay, let's just see what they decide to do because, hey, if you want to keep UCLA, then we'll go get Oregon and Washington and we'll go get these other schools. And if, you know, if, if, if you want to give us UCLA along with SC, then great. That's, that's, that's that's awesome and, and obviously just to be very explicit you know sc is not part of the board of regents conversation obviously sc is gone either way but my point just is is when you start to package these schools together and you start to look at value and and what each school and institution brings to the big 10 you know obviously ucla brings some really good value so to me it's not really even a a, a negative or worried about the situation thing for the big 10 it's more like, you know, to your point, like, hey, yeah, we do have this TV contract, but one way or another, we're going to expand. We're, we're going to add. We're going to add West Coast talent. So that's why I say I don't think they have anything to be worried about. I would more be excited. I would more be like, all right, cool. We're finally going to get an answer to this. Once we get that answer, now we can push forward and we can build the, um, you know, the 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 Big Ten after dark, if you will. You know, we talk, told you all about how in this new TV deal, the Big Ten is going to take that late night West Coast slot yep. and try to dominate that. So that's why I'm saying, hey, the Big Ten has a lot to look forward to here. And I just, I don't think there's any reason for them to be worried or stressing or anything like that. This is just simply, hey, we, you know, we're at a fork in the road. Whatever decision is made, we're going to go the other way. Like, that's just well, that simple. I also think this conversation about how empowered is the UC Board of Regents, I'm in, in line after talking to a great number of people about this in the industry. I'm in line with the belief that the UC Board of Regents can, in fact, block UCLA from leaving the conference. I don't think there's a great chance that happens, but I actually think they do have the authority to keep UCLA in the Pac-12. I mean, it would be a foolish move. I think the, the, the problem here, again, I'll go back to George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the, of the Pac-12. You know, If Klyovkov hasn't thought about the ramifications of this move, right. I would be shocked. Right. All right. Because, again, this is a guy who has lobbied and fought hard to keep UCLA in the conference. But I don't know that he's thought beyond that. Okay, cool. UCLA stays. All right, it's a win for us. What if they leave? Okay, well, then we're going to have to react. Well, George, what if they stay? You can't tell me that the Big Ten's not coming. And the question is, can the UC Board of Regents do this? Yeah, they can. I believe they can. Will they? I don't believe they will ultimately. What at the idiot. end. Yeah, at the end of this, I don't believe they will. But I think George Klyovkov better watch for what he wishes for. Yeah. Because if he truly gets what he wants, which is UCLA being forced to stay in the Pac-12, I think it is absolutely going to, to quicken and hasten the pace 
of the death of the Pac-12. Final. Because I actually think Oregon and Washington are far, far, far more important to the long-term health of the conference than UCLA is. I, I again maintain UCLA is irrelevant in the grand scheme of things in college athletics right now. Yeah, I mean, look at it from a business perspective. We've been talking all season long about how Oregon has the TV numbers, right? Yeah. Like, we know that that Oregon tops the chart in terms of viewership, and we've talked all about how, you know, UCLA, and, and really, I have to say, I, I, I even like in Alabama, I'm not sure would fill a 100,000-seat stadium regularly. I mean, that is a big ask. So, like, I, I, I just don't think that, that, that George... Klyovkov understands the ramifications of this decision. I think he wants to win. I don't think a, so at all. A sandbox fight, and I think that that he just wants to say, "Hey, like we got this done, and we saved UCLA, and we saved the Pac-12, and then we're going to get another cycle of of this whole conversation about Oregon and the schools up north leaving, and then that's when the death of the the pack is going to ensue." And and it's really unfortunate because, again, I have to say. The Pac-12 could be the best conference in the land. It really could. Ha it has that potential. But if you look at these numbers right here, these are the, the conference yeah. championship games. And you look at these numbers, the Pac-12 has essentially half of what the SEC has. And I know <laughs> that everybody says, well, you know, they played that game on a Friday. If it was on a Saturday, well, again, ask yourself, why is it on a Friday? Because the major TV networks do not value the Pac-12. Yeah. Nobody wanted that game on a Saturday. Fast. And again, I will point that Larry Scott and now George Klyovkok, uh have both tried to get these exclusive windows. Look at what the, the, the Rose Bowl was doing, trying to get an exclusive window. Like there's this idea that if we're the only game in town, then we'll be the only game in town that everybody's watching. And that's just not the case. Nope. Because I think you look at these numbers on the screen right now and you see that Purdue and Michigan pulled a 10.7 million audience. Utah and USC, USC, the largest property, I don't think it's even arguable in the Pac-12, didn't even pull half that. <laughs> and for my money, this is a problem. And you can sit here and you can say, hey, well, if, if, you know, if our championship game had been on a Saturday, there'd have been more people watching. I got news for you. There wouldn't have been. Oh, what a, are you talking about, man? And B, there's a reason it wasn't. TV networks do not value the Pac-12 at the level that they value the SEC and the Big Ten. And why and, would they? And again, again, look at the Big 12 numbers. You got you got beat by almost 4 million viewers by K-State and TCU, who, by the way, I'd also remind you, Note the TCU right there in the in the middle of the screen at 36.3 million. So this narrative that TCU is just that small Jesus Christ loving institution in Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah, they're a bunch of uh, crap scooting, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, they play football and scoop manure. Nobody watches them. 36.3 million. Ooh. And they outdrew your beloved Pac-12. Yeah. I, and I'm saying all of this to try and wake you up to the fact that the Pac-12 is in real trouble. It doesn't have the money-making, revenue-generating infrastructure that the top three conferences have. And again, I know I say it like it's a fact. I understand that there's conjecture and opinion around who's in better position, the Big 12 or the Pac-12. I'm here to tell you these numbers right here that, that we're looking at TV view-wise don't lie. Yeah. Like, where's the, where's the Pac-12 school in here? Clemson, Texas, TCU, 
Penn State, ACC, Notre Dame, LSU, Tennessee, SEC. Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Ohio. Like, So what, you mean to tell me everybody else leads the charge in the Pac-12 as last? And you're on the outside looking mm. in, and that includes USC. That includes UCLA that you're fighting to keep. Mm. I, I think the reality at some point has to set in that you're just not good at the business of college athletics. And ultimately, what else matters? I, I mean, I know obviously players and, and, and people who are on the field on weekends, winning the game matters and the football product matters. But honest to God, let's be blunt here. Nothing else matters besides how much money you make in college football. That is it. That's it. Like, if, if Dion at Colorado wasn't making money, he wouldn't have put up the 4GT and the Jag on the field with the player and the NIL and the recruiting and, and all the drip, right? Yeah. Money is the lifeblood of this sport. It just is. And for the life of me, I don't understand, like, why it's so hard to understand that for the leadership, A, A the leadership of the institutions themselves, B... The the obviously the commissioner of the Pac-12, George Klyovkov, we've all we've been talking about him for weeks now. Can you enunciate the cock <clears throat> part of that? Um, no, you know. Mm, uh, mm. Okay. Mm. I think, uh, yeah. Let enough of what we think. What do you guys think, Jake Brown? Uh, or excuse me, Jake Gordon says morning casuals. Finally made it to the live. Love you guys and love the show. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate yeah, good it, to have man. You here, bro. Uh, Jordan Brown says BBQ Pit Stop hooked it up yesterday in St. Jeezy. Bro, what'd you get? What'd what did you, you get? get? Tell us what you got, man. Yeah, what did you get? Let's hear it, man. Uh, Jesse Harsh, good morning to you. In what world does UCLA stay? How is this a topic? Good morning, by the way. Because the U it's a topic because the UC Board of Regents has the ability to keep UCLA in the Pac-12. Yeah, there's a choice here. Like, be very clear. Like, there is a choice. Now, obviously, as we've said like five times already, the it the choice is pretty obvious, right? Like, it's it's very very likely that UCLA leaves and they don't stand in the way. But there is still that choice. We still are at the fork in the road here. So, And the UC Board of Regents, and again, if you're just tuning in, the UC Board of Regents, the governing body over the educational system, the state educational system. So again, UC Berkeley, UCLA, the UC schools. Yeah. They have a meeting tomorrow, and they have kicked the can down the road on this for months. They have their final Board of Regents meeting tomorrow where this topic will be finally we're told, given closure. And I think there is a large percentage that UCLA goes to the Big Ten. But I would not be at all su surprised, excuse me, knowing the way that California operates and the dysfunction there, if, in fact, the UC Board of Regents kept UCLA in the Pac-12. I would not be surprised by that at all. Because think about it. like, And I know we got a lot of comments to get to, but I, but I think it's a really interesting situation. So... We know that, that that leadership group, the Board of Regents and, and, and everybody who controls college football in the state of California, like you said, is incredibly dysfunctional. We yes. know that they stand in their own way. We know that, that they don't make the pragmatic decision, that they, that they always seem to be digging the, the, the grave deeper, if you will, for the conference. And so, so, yeah, I do think, in my opinion, UCLA is going to the Big Ten. But if you told me on Thursday morning on this show that, hey— they decided to keep UCLA, would anyone really be that surprised? Would anyone really be that shocked that they decided to stand in their own way once again? I don't think so. And and so that's why I say, like, this whole thing, to bring this back home a little bit, 
the Big Ten doesn't need to be in a position where it's worried or stressed yeah. or having anxiety. The Big Ten is in the catbird seat here saying, okay, great, make your decision on UCLA, and then depending on what you do, we'll go one way or the other, and we'll ride off into the sunset on this $70 million a year per school TV contract. Yep. Uh, Ahmad El Mabashir, I got that wrong, said, uh, let's go. NYC loves the Mati Show. Appreciate you, Ahmad. Uh, Gage Thanks. Carter, good morning to you. He said, sad, sad news about Mike Leach. Yeah, the, the update on Mike Leach is there's not really an update. Um, he is still uh, in critical condition in Jackson. Some shit happened. Uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, where he was airlifted. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some ESPN had a report that uh, Mike Leach was not feeling well. And Mike has congestive heart failure as a condition, um, which means he has extra fluid around his heart and lungs. He had really bad pneumonia this year that kept him away from the sideline. Um, apparently the other night, according to ESPN, uh, Mike Leach was not feeling well, um, sat down on his couch and was chilling, fell asleep and never woke back up. Um, um and he was found unresponsive. Uh, he was taken to a hospital in Starkville where then he was airlifted to Jackson. And the, the prevailing theory is, is that he had a heart incident. Does that mean heart attack? I, I don't know what happened. No, I don't think anybody really knows what happened at the moment. Um, but they have worked for two, three days here to just stabilize Mike Leach. And apparently that's happened. And now they're starting to get into the process of diagnosing what the issue or what the incident was. But yeah, Mike Leach is said to be in critical condition. So it, it is... You know, congestive heart failure is a real thing, and, and we talk about it a lot. We were talking about it at the gym yesterday working out. Um, that you have, to, you have to live every day, man. Like, you, have to, you cannot assume that tomorrow's guaranteed because it's not. It's absolutely not. All right, talking UCLA to the Big Ten uh, here on the Monty Show. All of our college football talk is brought to you by our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Make sure you find any of their five Utah locations from Logan, Layton, uh, Murray, in Salt Lake City. Now it's in my head. Now it's in my head. <laughs> Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and Murray. That's the order I got to say it in. Logan, Layton, Lehigh, yeah. St. George, and Murray. Uh, you already know they have the best equipment, whether that is Traeger, Big Green Egg, Yoder, you name it. They've got it. I'm a Traeger guy through and through. Made some wings on the Traeger yesterday. Freaking bomb, it. Dude. And again, again, the Asado seasoning... Dude. Dude, I, I if you have not bought Asado seasoning and one small dude. tip, right? Like go buy the Asado seasoning while you're at barbecue pit stop, though, please buy some gloves, like just some just some some rubber gloves, you know, because yesterday this Asado seasoning stuff is so good and so potent. My hands were like orange for like three hours after breading these wings, dude. It was incredible. There's the Asado seasoning on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm telling you, if you have not gotten the Flavor Knuckles Asado seasoning, and it's for everything. Yes. Wings, chops, steaks, burgers. I, I don't care what you're Veggie. making on the on the Traeger. You got to have the Asado seasoning. I even put it on some fish. You can get it online at their website. In fact, if you look, you see the little chat box in the bottom left. If you yep. go to barbecuepitstop.com, uh, bbqpitstop.com, um, if you go to their website, you can chat with them online. You can hey shop online. Like you don't have to leave your house. Their hookup is amazing. And the guys there are great. The guys at barbecue pit stop are what you're paying for. The equipment's second to none. The meats are second to none. Every one of their stores has a butcher counter. 
Um, they're all just fantastic dudes. And I'm telling you right now, man, if you, if you are, if you're serious about gift giving this Christmas, bbqpitstop.com Do it. is absolutely, uh, the way to go. I, I just, I love those guys. I have a lot of respect, um, because every one of those stores is independently owned. Um, you know, they're obviously they're franchises, but they're independently owned. I'm telling you, they're just fantastic dudes. All right. A couple more of your comments in here. Um, Lord Radon, good morning to you. Raiden, Lord Raiden. Radon sounds better. Okay. That's like a gas that kills people. Yeah. Radon. Uh, UCLA (laughs) is gone. I just want to see the PAC commissioner exposed even more as a liar. Seriously. After the last meeting, how is he still employed? He is, he's an embarrassment. But again, but again, you have to understand that that's a great question. He's employed because what he's doing, they want him doing, right? Like, don't be confused on this. The Pac-12 thinks that it can lie its way to security and stability. Yeah, which is not true. That's it's called not smoke how and mirrors, works, dude. Right? It is. That's marketing. It, it. And I know that the Pac-12 has passionate fan bases. I, hell, I'm a fan of the Pac-12. I tell yeah. you all the time. Yeah. But I'm also a realist. The Pac-12 is struggling. The Pac-12 is dying. And it's dying because they don't have the TV audience that all the other conferences have because they don't have distribution. They can't get distribution because of this UCLA, UC Board of Regents thing. And again, talking to a TV source this week, they straight up said, it is unlikely a deal will come quickly after the UC Board of Regents decision. Because now what's going to happen, everybody assumes, and let's just play the assumption game, UCLA goes to the Big Ten, let's say. Yeah. Now, you don't have Southern California. The TV, the TV distribution partners are going to want to negotiate down. Um, oh, UCLA stays in the, in the Pac-12. Okay, well, now the TV partners are going to want to wait and chill for a minute and see how the Big Ten reacts because most people think they'll poach Oregon and Washington. Um, which so, is even worse, in my opinion, because Oregon has the numbers. So now, if Oregon and Washington are gone, or let's just say it's a like-for-like swap, Oregon gone, UCLA stays. Well, the TV partners are going to want to pay less because UCLA, there's a ton of apathy in Los Angeles and nobody's tuning in for UCLA football. Yeah. Like it's, there's no winning here for the Pac-12. That's what George Klyovkov doesn't understand. But you're never going to hear him say that because like the UC regents and the people who control college football in the state of California don't want him saying that. Yeah, I don't think so. Maury Alvarez, good morning to you. If UCLA stays... The pack then may have a chance to survive. I agree. Mm. Being able to sell Los Angeles is better than not being able to sell Los but Angeles. But again, I, you, could be, you could be in Timbuktu. If you have TV numbers, you can sell. Well, Washington State has TV numbers. That's a very good point. So, so to me, I, like the, and this again, this goes back to why the Rose Bowl is a problem, right? Not the Rose Bowl itself that's going to be played here in two weeks. The stadium, the building, right? That's why this is such a problem because... Even if you did have 60000 in that building every week for, for UCLA, it still looks half empty. Oh, that's right, because it is yeah. still half yeah. empty. No, so absolutely that's the right. problem. So that's why I say, like, I appreciate that comment. I don't even disagree with that per se. But my problem is, is that it doesn't matter where you are. If you have numbers, you're going to be able to sell. And I think you make a great point. Either way, the Pac-12 is going to be in trouble here. Yeah, if, if UCLA stays or goes, it's it's a tough road to hoe, man. It, I mean, it truly is. Eric and Raleigh says it'll be the Pack 11. I guess. My guy. It'll be the Pack 11. 
Um, uh, Luis Capazzo says, hit that thumbs up, people. Man, yeah. Where are we at? Seriously, we're at um, 21. Okay, not uh, bad. 21 likes. Not bad. 28 minutes into the show, not bad. So if there's 90 people watching this show right now, if if everybody hits the like button right now, that would really help us. Please. Let's go. Give us, Please give us a like. We're really trying to get to 9,000 by the end of the month. The like button. If you're already subscribed and you hit the like button, it really helps us grow subscribers because it shows our content to more people. And generally, because we're freaking amazing, yeah, we just need to get people here and then, you know, it, more. It, 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 it's all, you know, it's good. Anyway, uh, let's see. Josh Lovren says, Brock Heward is a football coach. I believe Leach, one of the three most impactful coaches of this century. Okay, let's not overstate things. Yeah, relax. Let's relax a little. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's settle down a little bit. Uh, Lord Raiden says, Jesus Christ, get past Oregon. Oregon is not valuable to the Big Ten. It would be Stanford or Washington. So wait, let me get this right, Lord Raiden, and we, we can go. disagree. Here we go. And, and this is, I think, this is a viable conversation. If you're telling me that Oregon's not, not valuable, let me tell you why they are. Massive TV audience, massive stadium that's always full, usually, um, they have a winning tradition, even though they haven't won a national championship, they compete at the top of the conference year in and year out. You have a guy, um, you know, that, that in my opinion is recruiting well and coaching well, and he uses the transfer portal. Well, you have Phil Knight who throws his money all over the place, including on those terrible paint splatter uniforms. And it gives the big 10, a West coast footprint in the Pacific Northwest. So now they would have essentially four corners of the country. So explain to me again how Oregon's not valuable. Large TV audience. Large TV audience. I think the marketing money, winning, big games, big TV numbers in one-off games. So you're happy to have Georgia and Oregon playing the whatever your mom's bowl kickoff classic. That's right. right. So when you say they're not valuable... Let's play the Stanford game. Stanford's a program that's not valuable. It's incredibly difficult to utilize, and Colorado made this change. It's incredibly difficult at Stanford to utilize the transfer portal <coughs> because academically, most kids, nine out of 10 kids can't get into Stanford. They just don't qualify. Then you throw in football players. Those guys, nine out of 10 football players don't qualify. So you can't recruit at the highest level. The, the university administration doesn't care if you win or lose. Nobody goes to your games. The stadium's small and it's empty, and nobody watches your games on television. So... I don't even think that's you hating. I think I, that, those I think are that's, facts. That's just the reality of it. Like <laughs> Having worked at the great KMBR 680, the sports leader, yeah. in San Francisco, I can tell you, I don't even know that people care about Cal football. It's no. got more tradition. Stanford's a basketball school, and they're not a good basketball school right now. So I'm just telling you, you can sit here and run this nonsense about how Oregon's not valuable. Oregon and Washington are, I don't even think it's close, the two most valuable schools remaining in the Pac-12. I don't think it's close. Utah be damned. I don't think it's close. I, I don't know... I, I don't know how you say that that Oregon's not valuable. That That's crazy to me. Uh, Tanner says, man, if UCLA stays, that'd be great for the Pac-12. Maybe. 
David Floyd says Big 12 could add UCLA, Cal, and a few others. I mm. Are you going to let, if you're the UC Board of Regents, you're not going to let UCLA go to the Big 10, but you'd let them go to the Big 12. Not sure about that. Uh, Jake Gordon, can we just put the Pac-12 schools on a little island by themselves where they can just do their own thing? That would be lovely. We're research institutions over here on the island. Get your little dinghy if you want to come over and play. <laughs> That's what it would feel like, I think. Uh, Eric and Raleigh, the Big Ten is going to take Oregon and Washington regardless of the outcome of UCLA. See, I also think that's a that's that's an interesting point too. Like I think you know, Oregon and Washington are the are the top class of the Pac-12. They just are. Like yep. I know SC SC is SC, but they're gone. They're they've already gone. Like we can't forget that. So to me, it's like this this is where as a Salt Lake City show, I get frustrated because Utah should be in this conversation. Like undoubtedly should be in the conversation, and and they're not. And to me, I don't know if you're the Big Ten, why you wouldn't, to Eric's point, why would you not still poach at least Oregon, if not both of them in Washington? Like, why wouldn't you do that? That, yeah. to me, makes sense. Because you don't have the money. Well. And, and the, the biggest question is, if you are all of the TV partners in the, in the Big Ten, are you willing to pony up more bread? Uh, to get Oregon and Washington, and I don't think they are. And I think that the the issue is is that the Ohio States, the Michigans of the world, are not going to pay to have Oregon and Washington join the conference because the Big Ten, the Big Ten is NBC, right? That the Big was... Ten is the Big Ten is CBS, CBS. The yes. Big Ten is yeah, the Big Ten essentially CBS and and NBC, and then ESPN has the SEC, and then a bunch of other second tier and the Big Twelve, yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, and Fox has the Big Ten, uh, but they also have, you know, the lower tier games of football in the Big 12 and the majority of the Big 12 football, uh, basketball contract. Yeah. So, it's just, a, it's a matter of making the money work. And again, that's why I will just keep saying, the, you look at you look at this situation, like by extension here, as we talk college football realignment on the Monty Show, like this story about Oklahoma and Texas leaving to the SEC after next season. So that the kickoff of 2024, they're in the SEC because who's going to be in the Big Ten at that point? Mm. UCLA or USC and likely UCLA. So the, U, U, the SEC wants to be on level ground, which for the TV partners, the TV partners aren't going to stand in the way of that. They want that. Yeah. So it all of this makes sense, right? The question is, like, look at the Big 12. Is the Big 12 going to be viable the way it is now by adding these four schools and subtracting Texas and Oklahoma? Well, the question is, how long does it take Oklahoma to get their head out of their ass and become a good football program again? <coughs> because with all due respect to Brad Venables, the head coach, he like, he had a disastrous season. And with all due respect. He's on the brink. And... If this is a bad season, there will be a new coach at Oklahoma going into the SEC. Yeah, they don't have time to sit around. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. And I say the same thing about Sark and the guys at Texas. And yeah. I, 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 that staff is loaded. But Sark seems to find a way a lot of times, at least. At least with Sark, you can be like, well, he's kind of been there. But how long are you willing at Texas to be good, not great? Oh, they're, they're incredibly willing. You're going into the SEC. You're not doing anything for five years. There's uh, no question. I See, and I just think that's... I, I don't agree with that. I think when you go from a conference like the Big 12 and you go from that to the SEC, it's a very small jump. Talent-wise, it's a very small jump. If Texas was Texas, 
if they were Vince Young's Texas, they'd be competing because again, the SEC is good. It's not great. It's not deep. There are no top to bottom deep conferences in college football. Mm-hmm. There's not. But are you telling me that if 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 Texas had been the, the program it should have been, they're easily on par with Old Miss right now. Uh, in my opinion, you put Texas, Texas can play with anybody. I didn't say they could beat anybody. They can play with anybody. Notice that they take teams to the brink, especially at DKR. Yeah. They'll take you right to the limit. Yeah. But Bryce Young's going to find a way to beat Texas because Texas is going to let that happen. Yeah. At what point does Texas stop letting that happen? Maybe with the SEC and all that new money and all the new excitement in the boosters, you know, like a hook them horns. Oh, hook them. You know, maybe that injects new energy. More um, NIL money, more ability to recruit, more ability to leverage the portal. I don't know. But what I'm telling you is the jump from the Big 12 to the SEC is not the jump from independence to the Big 12 for BYU. Right. It's not Utah jumping into the, into the Pac-12. That's not what this is. So it makes sense for Oklahoma and Texas to go early. It makes sense for USC and UCLA, Texas and Oklahoma, to all make their moves at the same time. Yeah. And it makes sense then for whatever the Big 12 is going to do to do it before kickoff of next season. Yeah. Because the Big 12 cannot sit here and idly wait. And I'm not talking about adding Gonzaga to the basketball world. Because mm-hmm. you can add just basketball. But that doesn't, give you, that, doesn't give you that fourth time zone that, that, that Brett Yormark has talked so I'm much saying, about. Like, there would have to, to be other moves to guys there. like Radon, like the West Coast is valuable. You know. Um, Josh Lovern says, or Eric and Raleigh says, excuse me, for junior colleges, California already separates from the rest of the country. Why not just separate from the NCAA too? Eh, I don't think it's viable. And yeah, now you're getting off the reservation. I right? don't. Uh, Josh Lovern says, uh, Big Ten wants old money schools. See, and I've asked about that. I think what the Big Ten wants is schools that they can put their thumb on. I don't think they want old money schools because Stanford ain't an old money school. I got news for you. Stanford does not spend money on athletics. They're not an old money school. Um, you look at Cal is not an old money school. USC, UCLA, is UCLA an old money school? Are they an old money school like Ohio State? Is it, because everybody's got this hard on for, oh, well, Ohio State's never going to let Oregon join. They said no. Ohio State doesn't singularly have control of anything. Yeah. So this idea that they want, and, and the proper terminology is legacy branded schools. They want, it's why Northwestern works so well, right? Because they're, they're, they are, they are big 10 history. There's no such thing as the way we've always done it anymore. And until we get away from this idea that the big 10 is going to operate the way they've always done it. Well, they're not operating the way they've always done it. Commissioner Warren is a complete left turn from the way they've always done it. Yeah. It, it, it just, that concept of the big 10 wants old money. Like, what does that mean to you? Because Stanford doesn't qualify. Doesn't well, qualify. The only attractive thing about Stanford is their academics from the standpoint of they can lift the caliber. They, they allow you to say, oh, we're a conference of higher learning, right? Like, they allow you to continue to say that if you were to add a Stanford. But they're not some thousand-year-old school that's funded by 
Uncle Joe who's 15, you know, family lines deep with money. That's not like, to, I don't know. I just like the Nebraska's and in the Northwestern's and like all these schools in the Midwest that are just chilling and playing football, yeah. even though they never get into the college football playoff. Like, cool, if that's what you want. But I don't know. That just doesn't, that's not real scintillating. I'm telling you now. The, this this idea, like again, Josh, with all due respect, Josh says Oregon has wiggle room because of Nike Phil Knight money. Do they want old world money or do they not? Do they want like, what What do you mean there's wiggle room? You can't have it both ways. Well, they're locked in on one particular school, but Phil Knight has a bunch of money. Okay, you think Washington doesn't have a bunch of money? What are you talking about? Like, this is the stuff that drives me crazy. When, when we talk about this stuff, that comment, that comment makes zero sense when you put it up against, well, they want old school money. Yeah. That, that, that makes no sense at all. And I think this is what we do in sports. We try to overcomplicate things. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jake Gordon says, isn't Arch Manning going to Texas? He is. Yeah. By the way, isn't, doesn't the early signing period start December 21st? I mean, this is a critical, this is a critical, critical period of time. Arch Manning is committed and, and is going to Texas. So it's a critical, critical stretch of time. So we'll see. Tanner Plummer says horns down. Okay, that's cool. Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Uh, Q sound. Oh my God, just like that. That's oh right. Oh my Jen. God, just like that. That's oh. right. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Uh, T. Wells. Wells says you have two teams in the SEC, Alabama and Georgia. That's it. The rest of the SEC is average at best. Mm, LSU, LSU would 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 do some things. I think. I think Ole Miss. I think. Uh, I, I think. I, I think Arkansas gave some teams some trouble. You know, not that they're some great team, but they definitely had. They definitely gave some teams trouble. I mean, you look at the you look at the West. I think Mississippi State, Alabama, and LSU are far better than average. I think Ole Miss. I don't know what what the lane train has at Ole Miss right now. I don't know. I think that's an interesting question. I think that's up for debate. I think they are, yeah. I think Arkansas, Auburn, and Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher's a, a, an abject failure. Yeah. In the East, Georgia, Tennessee, and South Carolina are not average. Um, yeah, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, Vandy, they're all average. I agree with that. But look at the Big Ten. If you look at the Big Ten, there's that's a two-team league. That is a two-team league. That is Michigan, Ohio State, and they're both in the East, and then everybody else. Penn State's an average team. Penn State is not better than LSU. Penn State, I don't know that Penn State's better than Old Miss. Mm -hmm. I'm just not a Penn State believer. Like, and, and I get it, you're seven and two, and but you're you're not nearly the best defense in the conference or the country. I mean, what separates Penn State? It's not that they they don't score on 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 par with anybody else. They don't stop people on par with anybody else. Well, what separates them is their uh, proficiency in, in creating nationwide scandals. Well, there is that. I mean, you look at the, the Big Ten West, that's embarrassing. Yeah. In the Big 12. That's what I mean. We're, having, we're trying to have a football conversation here, right? Well, we're having a business conversation. Yeah. This isn't I would agree about, with that. This isn't about wins and losses. You guys got to understand that. Like, it is about money making, TV viewership, like branding, marketing, NIL. Like that's what this is about. This isn't about whether Northwestern's winning a championship anytime soon. 
right? What is it about with Northwestern? Hey, it's a legacy brand that people want to be a part of, even though they suck every year. And I hear every time in the first five weeks of the year, oh, Northwestern is a perennial power in the Big Ten. And then they're like a three-win team, right? Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. Like, all they care about is making money. And and again, Josh Lovren says old money equals traditional brands. So is Oregon not a traditional brand? Is Washington not a traditional is brand? Is not a traditional brand? I mean, uh, when you say that the Big Ten wants traditional brands, are you telling me that UCLA has more tradition especially in football than Oregon. UCLA doesn't have football tradition. UCLA doesn't about? have Justin Herbert, Marcus Mariota. Are, are you telling like, me that Stanford has football tradition? What tradition does Stanford have? None. But it, it, I, this kills me. I love people who are like, oh, yeah. Like what tradition does Stanford have that Oregon doesn't? This is like, the, this is like when they say, about? this is like when, when, when people say, the Conference of Champions. We have all this tradition. Yeah, great. In badminton, right? We're not talking about badminton here, guys. We're not talking about table tennis. <laughs> We're talking about football. My God. Um, let's see. Uh, Gage Carter says, "I think Utah landing Stone Smith is huge. Yes, it is. It is. Utah's had a, is on a is on a hot streak. It's a ridiculous recruiting they're, class. They're on point. a heater right yeah. now." Uh, Jerem says Monty throwing down hashtag Monty for president. I will keep your social security entitlements. Um, <laughs> entitlements. <laughs> you know, having fun is the name of the game. Know. T. Wells says uh, now the NIL uh, now with the NIL the playing field is leveling off. I would agree with that. Um, Jake Gordon said I believe there's a certain orange team in the SEC, Tennessee. That caused some trouble this year, but besides this year, Tennessee has been mediocre. Yeah, the Rocky Top has been pretty not rocky for visitors. I would never, you know, uh, I would agree with that. Uh, David Floyd says Mizzou did just fine in the SEC when they first joined. Yeah, now they're just also Rans, you know. NY Monty fan says, get them, Jake. Yeah, you know, get them. I want you to listen to me. You see Regent Gumby says badminton rocks. Yeah, why are you bagging on badminton, dude? Because we're talking about football. We're talking about football. I'm going to say this again. Dr. Pepperville land city. Yeah. Brian Bosworth and stuff. This is fucking America. Salty Drunk says uh, the Monty Show, the truth in business. Hey, man. Yes, you see Board of Regent Gumby guy thing. Uh, this is a business geography discussion. Exactly. It absolutely is a business exactly. geography discussion. Thank you. There's no question about that. Thank you. There's no question. Again, and I guess we can go on and on and on about this, and, and I will just continue to espouse. If you believe that branding and tradition is more important than winning and making money, I don't know. Of I, champions. I don't know how to help you. You're a big. You're yeah. You're a Pac-12 conference fan. of champions. Yeah, it's neat that you guys. I mean, the crew team at <coughs> you know Gonzaga is amazing. Gonzaga. I mean, the water polo team at Stanford. You want to talk about tradition? Gonzaga. I mean, wow, the bocce ball team at Berkeley. God damn. Dilly dilly. They know how to play with damn ball. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about that's i feel like that's what we're reduced to that's what we're reduced to yeah with this the biggest stories in sports every single morning on the monty show presented by quick quack car wash 
Um, are you proud of me? I didn't say quick. Yeah. Now again, you guys know that it's snowing, right? It's been yep. snowing. The roads are frozen today. There's a ton of sand, like in South Jordan, right? We tell you all the time. There's a bunch of sand on the roads, salt, dirt. It's going to mess up your car. Get a wash pass. Go through. Even if the line is long, rest assured, human beings work it quick, quack, not machines. So that's how they're able to move you through so quick. So yep. I imagine we'll probably be taking a, a, a little you know, trip through the quick, quack at the district. We will. Um, I pay $21.99 $21 a month for my wash pass. I can $29.99. $99.99. $99.95. Go... I can go uh, one time or a thousand times every month. It does not matter. I can go as many or as few times as I want. Right. And I'm with you. I think the biggest win at Quick Quack Car Wash is it's quick. It's super easy. The people are really friendly. On snow days like today, when you know it's going to snow this morning, but the afternoon, go on your lunch break. You know you don't have to worry about it. Go pick up your, your lunch. Go in through the Quick Quack Car Wash. Feel me? You know, like it's super easy. It's fast. It's efficient. It's affordable. And the wash is top notch yeah. at Quick Quack Car Wash. I think this Kyler Murray story is one of the biggest stories in sports. There's no doubt about that. I don't Ooh. know how many people saw Kyler Murray last night uh, tore his ACL in all likelihood. Yeah. That's going to be our lead on football at 50. It is the biggest story in sports. It is our big football story as well. Because we got to have a conversation about quarterbacks this morning here on the Monty Show. Football at 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the Papa Murphy's app. It's super easy. Kyler Murray last night on the third snap of the game on Monday Night Football. Football. Uh, Non-contact injury on grass. Tried to plant his right foot. Blew the ACL out. It looks like he is done for the year. Colt McCoy. Looks to be the starter for the rest of Cliff Kingsbury's time in Arizona, which is to say he's going to get swacked. Do you want running quarterbacks? And I know that everybody tries to turn this into a do you want a black quarterback issue. It has nothing to do with the race of the quarterback. I will point to Lamar Jackson. I will point to Kyler Murray. I will point to all of these guys who cannot stand in the pocket and deliver the football. And their first instinct is to run and get crazy and try to make plays. I look at Zach Wilson, same guy. Kyler Murray last night, very similar injury to Zachy Poo. Zachy Poo avoided the ACL. Kyler Murray looks like did not. I'm telling you again, the reason I am with the Ravens on not paying Lamar Jackson is he has to get outside of the football to be his very, outside of the pocket to play his best football. It's a mistake. Yeah. You cannot invest in a quarterback who cannot thrive inside the pocket. Kyler Murray cannot thrive inside the pocket. Lamar Jackson cannot thrive inside the pocket. Zachy Poo cannot thrive inside the pocket. So you look at guys like Tua Tungavailoa. Is Tua Tungavailoa a guy you can invest in? I would tell you no, because he's a guy that has to, in my opinion, stay healthy, and he has not been able to do that. Kyler Murray's not been able to stay healthy. This year, Lamar Jackson's not been able to stay healthy. Yeah. Can't invest in that guy. Joe Burrow, he blows his knee out. Was it a fluke? Was it Tom Brady all those years ago? Tends to seem that way because Joe Burrow is back and it looks like Joe Burrow is playing great football. Josh Allen, right? You've got you've got Patty Mahomes might be the best example in this conversation. You notice that Patty Mahomes doesn't run because he likes running. 
he only runs when he's forced to run. You notice how often when you watch Chiefs football that he's rolling out of the pocket but not running past the line of scrimmage. You what about that. Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow, right? Joe can we, Burrow, can Josh we just Allen, agree? Like, can we just agree that saying Joe Burrow Joe is Burrow. better than saying Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Forrest Gump. Joe Burrow. All these guys that just chill in the pocket, they are relatively healthy. Now, they take their fair share of hits, and they, you know, it's football. Like, it's football. You're going to get hit. But Isn't it funny if you channel somebody, like, if you channel Forrest Gump saying, Greenbow, Alabama, and then you say, Joe Burrow, it's very much the same cadence. Right. I agree with you. Yeah. I, that, I, I'm telling you I would far rather have a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert, the sex machine, than I would a Tua Tungavailoa or Lamar Jackson. And I don't know why we got to turn this into a race card issue. It's it, every it has, time. Dude, it has nothing to do with the color of, of dude's skin. It no. doesn't. It, it is simply a matter of making a choice to run. And again, I want to be explicit on this. I don't have an issue with guys running. Running's not the issue. It's when you run regularly. Justin Fields, why does he take so many hits? Because he's running because he doesn't know his scheme and he doesn't know where his guy should be. So he's late and then he's got to panic and then he's got to run. And then the middle linebacker eats you for lunch on the sideline. Like, that's what happens. So to me, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, dude, Jalen Hurts was a guy who ran too much his rookie year. Yes. He ran way too much. And now what has he done? He's adapted his game. He's grown. He has developed. He's changed into a pocket passing quarterback that has the threat of running. So you have to respect it. But he only runs when he needs to. And that's the difference. And so to me, it's like you knew that Kyler was going to sustain a major injury at some point. You knew it was going to happen. And, you know, kudos to him that he's put it off for so long, right? Like he has. He hasn't yeah. had this happen before. But now we're here. Yep, totally agree. So do you like running quarterbacks? Uh, Jake Gordon says, love the snow. Good for snowboarding. Yes, it yep. is. Yes, it is. Uh, Mark Hale says, you didn't negotiate a free wash pass in your advertising deal? See, we don't buy in it that way. We support people. Like when we, why'd you stop the music? Why would you? Why? Why is this an issue? I'm I'm pausing football. 50 people for ask just us moment. about this. People why, ask why, us about so wait, this all the time. Just ten seconds. We don't need, dude. We don't need to have a free walk. Why would I want something for free? When I can walk into the store and spend 10 bucks at Barbecue Pit Stop on seasonings, or I can go and use the promo code at Papa Murphy's Pizza, who presents football at 50. Why, 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 would, why would we want it for free? And I'd be, I'll be honest with you. The people that handle the advertising for Quick Quack gave us a bunch of free car wash coupons. We don't use them. What did we do with those? We, we gave, gave them, them away. to people. Yeah. Because we believe in supporting small business. It's, we, we put our money where our mouth is. I, I don't know that there's a better example than our guy up at Super Chicks in Ogden. Yeah. You know, like it, it, we go up to Super Chicks in Ogden on Riverdale Road in Riverdale. Yeah, Taylor at the Ogden Super Chicks off Riverdale. He, tr he, he tries to buy us food every time we go in there. And so we, we, last time we were in there, we just didn't, we didn't say hi to him first. We bought our food because we really appreciate the opportunity to support those guys. Yeah. That's why we don't have, that's why we don't use free car washes or like Steve at uh, Lehigh at the barbecue pit stop in Lehigh, I think would give us stuff for free all the time, but he's an entrepreneur. 
All those guys are entrepreneurs. Yeah. We have to, at some point, get away from this. Oh, well, it's, I know you. You're my friend, my cousin, my brother, my sister. I want free food. If you're, they're your friend, your cousin, your brother, and your sister, you should be spending money in their business to support them. How did, I, real quick, how did we find Barbecue Pit Stop? You go all the way back in the day. How did we find them? We wanted a smoker. Yes. I had never heard of Barbecue Pit Stop. We go into Home Depot, right? Because it's Home Depot. Okay, great. They got smokers there. Everything's awesome, beautiful, amazing. And I said, wait, why are we going to spend our money with a big box when there has to be in the state of Utah uh, a locally owned and operated barbecue equipment store? That's how Barbecue Pit Stop found their way onto our show. Yeah. So Yeah, I think it's... You know, again, I look at people like Max Muscle and South Jordan. Another great example. Um, Taylor and Caitlin Reed um, own Max Muscle and South Jordan. I know they're friends of mine personally. I don't take things for free from them. Um, they have a, a, a supplement company called Surge Supplements. Yeah. Um, and we do some endorsements for them on, on social media. We do social media campaigns. I actually love the product, like Surge Supplements. I love their BCAs, and they call it Trim, which is their pre-workout. I love their stuff. That's why I'm happy to endorse them. Like I, my clothing company, that, that the one free thing that I get is snowboard clothing uh, from a company called Plus Snow. They make plus size. Guys like me who wear 3X, they make 3X snowboard clothing. They're an Australian company. The lady's name is Mon, M-O-N is her name. Um, She's an individual entrepreneur in Australia, and she happens to make plus-size snowboard clothing. So she gives me clothes. I create content for her. But you got to make the world go round. Spend your money. Yeah. Okay, there's the world. Back to your regularly to scheduled football at 50. Uh, Jeff Johnson says nobody making uh, nobody making it to TB12's age in the NFL anymore. They're but not. Again, but again, how is TB12's longevity made possible? With his mind. With his money. He has put a ton of money into his body. I, I, I absolutely. Did you see Drake Greenlaw, the linebacker for the 49ers? Mm-hmm. Drake Greenlaw intercepts Tom Brady. After the game, has the football and asks Tom to autograph it, to which Tom did, no problem. And people are ripping Dre Greenlaw for that. Why would you rip Dre Greenlaw for that? That's the best professional athlete in any sport ever, Tom Brady. Okay, sorry. And I intercepted him. We, we got something going on here with this Phil guy. Okay, Phil, what are we doing? Yeah, dude, we, we need to... What are we doing? That. Now I got to hide you, and I got to report your comments for hate speech. Yeah, that's that's not cool. What are, what are we doing? Why would we harassment or bullying? But yes, what your, your point was, uh, that linebacker goes up to TB12 looking for an autograph on the ball that he intercepted. It's yeah. crazy. I don't know why people... I don't know why people do that. I, I honestly do not. Because I think they admire Tom. Like, I think Tom is a hero. But why are you that. ripping Dre Greenlaw for getting the autograph? Why do people do that? Yeah. If I were Dre Greenlaw and I intercepted Tom Brady, I'd do the exact same thing. Yeah. It, the exact same thing. And I, and I think that we need to say, uh, oh, my God, Mike <sighs> Leach is dead. Mike Leach has passed away at the age wow. of 61. Wow. Wow. Wow, um, dude. Mrs., Mississippi State... Um, Oh, wow. Mississippi State football announces that um, Mike Leach has passed away. Wow. That's too bad. 
Um, at the age of 61, so again, if you did not hear this story, uh, Mike Leach on Sunday had a medical incident um, where... It's just so bad. Huge loss for the world of college football, man. Huge loss for, like, I know the guy was quirky. I know that he did things a little bit differently, but but, I just a huge, huge loss in the world of football. And I and I think yeah, he had, he had a medical incident, uh, you know. So what happened is he, Sunday night, he was not feeling well apparently. Yeah. Um and. So Mike Leach was texting some people, according to this is according to ESPN. Mike Leach on Sunday night is texting some people and then sits down on his couch and dozes off and apparently never regained consciousness. He was found sometime later unresponsive. He was taken to the hospital in Starkville, Mississippi where he was found to be really critical so they flew him to Jackson, Mississippi. And he has now passed away this morning at the age of 61. And it's, you just don't have guys like Mike Leach that come around very often. Yeah. And Mike Leach is a guy that, um, you know, I'm fortunate to have had really good interactions with Mike. Uh, my old radio co-host, Kyle Gunther, had a really good relationship with Mike Leach. Really appreciated him. They had very similar personalities. They both loved aliens, dinosaurs, like... They had that unique relationship. And so I have vivid memories of Gunther and Mike Leach, you know, talking and, you know, like just at Pac-12 Media Day, having conversations like. It's just you don't there aren't guys that come along like Mike Leach very often. Yeah. And Mike was controversial. There's no doubt about that. That Mike Leach was a guy that didn't always do it the way people wanted it done. Correct. And any of his stops, whether that was Texas Tech, we, you know, Washington State, Mississippi State, it, it almost doesn't matter. But the hard part here is, is that Mike was a really good human being. Mike was a guy that, by all accounts, was affable, affable, easy to get along with. You liked being around a guy. He was one of those guys that you wanted to be around. Totally. So, totally. It's, yeah, it's really difficult this morning. Um, the breaking news that Mike Leach has has passed. Well, like when I th when you think of coaches in your lifetime, who comes to mind? Um, Bill Belichick for sure. I think as a kid, Phil Jackson for sure. I th and and when I say Phil Jackson, Lakers Phil Jackson, um, Kobe's Phil Jackson. Um, you know, I think other coaches, Coach K, of course. You know, when before he he retired and moved on from Duke, uh, I think Roy Williams from UNC for sure. Um, I'm sure there's more I'm trying to think. I mean, I, as a kid, you know, Lovey Smith as, as the Bears head coach was, was my Bears head coach as a kid, you know? Wow. No, see, like for me, my head coach was Mike Ditka. Right. And Mike Leach and Mike Ditka are two totally different people, but very similar, you know, very similar kind of personalities in that they had these big, grandiose Bruce personalities. Bruce oh, Bochy for Boach sure. for sure, yeah. Yeah, Bruce Bochy for sure. Um, and none of them are comparable to Mike Leach. Like like you say, Bruce Bochy, I had the great fortune of covering Boch in San Francisco. And he gave me a size 8 hat. We shared the same head size. Yeah. So, you know. But you look at Mike Leach. Um, you look at Mike Leach, it's just... Joe Torre. 
Yeah, Joe Torrey's another one that comes to mind. But you look at Mike and you look at the things that he did and the places he's been and, you know, the just putting Texas Tech, you know, like all the things he did with the military at Texas Tech, you know, like it just, you know, like it, it really is unfortunate that guys like Mike Leach don't get to live forever, you know, like, I mean, he's the pirate for a reason. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, really, really sad, tough sad news day. this morning. Sad day in college football, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I, I wonder what I wonder what an individual like Nick Saban will say on this. I wonder what, you know, Mike Leach's peers will say um, in his stead. You know, I think that I think that this is where I would expect someone of Nick Saban, Nick Saban's caliber of, you know, who, who are other Man. You know, I mean, there's so many names, but you know, you know, guys like that who who are his peer, who are who respect him, who who love the guy. Like, I would expect some pretty serious stuff out of these guys. And obviously, as a BYU alum, you know, he's a guy that, um, you know, he's a, he's a guy that we know well in these parts, and he's a guy that we all admire in these parts. And you know, he definitely had some moments. I mean, the the you know Adam James, the Adam James situation. You know, ultimately his firing over that. I mean, the him as a TV analyst, I thought was awkward and amazing at the same time. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the best you to know. ever do it in press conferences. You know, I it like, and I know, you know, all jokes aside, like that's something that I think defines coaching legacies. You know, like I think, you know, like who is Bill Belichick if he's not the the savage that he is in press conferences? You know, like how do we remember these different guys? You know for how they handle the press. Like I, like Mike Leach is, is super unique. And Mike Leach is someone that absolutely positively, um, had a huge impact on college football. There's no question about it. Yeah. It's just, it's really difficult, man. Like it's just really, really difficult. And you read Pete Thamel. Uh, if you don't follow Pete Thamel on Twitter, I, I think you're doing it wrong. Um, Mike Leach, according to Pete Thamel, Mike Leach suffered what the university initially described in a release as a personal health issue, which we now know was um, a heart attack. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to be careful about it earlier. And if you're just tuning in breaking news this morning that Mike Leach has passed away at the age of 61, um, he had congestive heart failure, which basically means you're on the clock. So your heart, you know, your heart and your lungs essentially have liquid issues. Um, where you have fluid that surrounds your heart and your lungs. He had a really severe case of pneumonia this year. Um, and again, it looks like he had a major heart attack and he never recovered. Uh, Sunday night, he had a major heart incident and he never recovered from that. Um, so Mike passed away today. And yeah, so many people with thoughts. Um, and my Monty fan says, wow, that's big news. That's too bad. Indeed it is. Rip Mike Leach. Um, Gumby says, um, Jesse Harsh says, damn, BYU alum, national treasure for sure. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's just, and we appreciate, uh, Cam Harrison says rip to a legend, Mike Leach, Jordan Brown says the pirate, uh, Mike Maple says, uh, sad news prayers to his family. Absolutely. Um, NY Monty fan says Pat Riley and Jerry, oh, Pat Riley, Gerald, yeah, uh, Gerald Sloan. For me, very clearly, I mean, the coaches of my lifetime, um, you know, guys like Mike Ditka, um, guys like, you know, when I think of basketball, I think of Doug Collins. Um, as a, a young Chicago Bulls fan, Doug Collins was my first real, you know, influential Bulls coach that really I cared about with Michael Jordan. 
But then having spent so much time around, you know, a guy like Phil Jackson, um, you know, uh, at both the Bulls and the Lakers, I just look at all of these guys and football coaches are just different. Football, Mike Leach is just a different cat. And I think that it's it's just really difficult. Um, like, dude was coaching football, like what, 10 days ago? Yeah, last weekend. And now he's dead. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Like, holy cow. I mean, and if you look at, you know, this morning you're feeling for a guy like Sonny Dykes and Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln Riley comes out of the, you know, the, the Mike Leach coaching tree. Like, you just, you, you can't even, you know, you, you can't even put words into it. Like, how, how is Kyle Whittingham feeling this morning? Yeah, obviously, I mean, obviously, Witt and Leach have a relationship. Yeah, I mean, it, it shocks the world. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, it shocks the world of college football. It shocks the system. It makes you put things into perspective. And and again, this is what we always talk about on the show. Like, you know, you have to be grateful for the day, you yeah. know? And I think that, that Mike Leach was, you know, clearly a hell of a human being and hell of a football coach. And I think that Mike is is going to be remembered for a long time, you know? And, and I hope that... that future generations are able to catch wind even a little bit of what he was like. Yep, I agree. Uh, David Floyd says, I met Leach multiple times in Lubbock. He was a great guy. As a Texas Tech fan, the whole Mike Leach situation sucks. Yeah, it does. Mike is one of the most important people in the the history of Texas Tech football. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that, and it's unfortunate he winds up leaving there. Um, but, man, it's just like... The guy like, gave his damn, whole life dude. to the game of college football. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's Brutal. really difficult. It is really difficult. Eric and Raleigh uh, brings up Bill Walsh. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Maple says locally, Rick Majerus will always be a legend. Yes. Cam Harrison says Doug Collins. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, you know, I, I just, yeah. Uh, Maury Alvarez says, what is Mississippi State going to do for their bowl game? Yeah, I don't know. And Nobody I'm, gives a they, damn. I think they announced their defensive coordinators are interim, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Ryan Thomas says, life is so fragile. Mike Leach will be deeply missed. Yeah, and I I really, I know we say this on a regular basis, but don't assume that 5 o'clock this afternoon is a given. Don't assume that tomorrow or Christmas Day or New Year's Day or a year from now is a given. You have to live your life like, hey, I'm on the edge you know, two o'clock could be the last time I ever see two o'clock. Like I'm a big believer in that. That's why I'm a big believer in like neg negativity sucks. Like, I just think you always have to be positive. You always have to be moving forward. You always have to be solutions based, you know, talking to my wife yesterday, my wife's got a broken arm right now. And we met with an orthopedic shoulder specialist yesterday or shoulder guy yesterday. Uh, I'm not a specialist, a shoulder guy. And it, it turns out the break is a really good break to have. Um, and we were talking about how lucky we are that it's not the full arm being broken. There's no shoulder damage. There's no, doesn't look like there's significant ligament damage. Like it just is how lucky are we to have really good health insurance? And she's getting a CAT scan today on the shoulder. Like, it's just all this stuff where you're like, man, we're really lucky. You have to do that. So when guys like Mike Leach pass away and you realize that he gave his entire life to football, I hope that's what he wanted to do. You know, because now you can't look back at me like, damn, I, I have congestive heart failure. I really hope that I get to go snowboarding in Sweden. People always look at me like I'm crazy when I say, hey, like we joke all the time about snowboarding together. Well, maybe last weekend was the last time Jake and I will ever snowboard together. Who knows? I don't take it for granted. And I think that's in these situations, you have to look at that. And you have to say, hey, 
you know what? Like, we're really looking forward to this Christmas trip we're taking LA and Tahoe. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Really, really looking forward to that. So you, you, life is very precious. You cannot just pass it by. You can't do it. Salty Drunk says, we get constant reminders how short life uh, and precious life is, and we take it for granted still. We still take it for granted. Boyd Lake, good morning to you, sir. Mike Leach created the way offense is played in college football today, and it's moving to the NFL. I totally agree. And really, if you go back beyond Mike Leach, where did Mike Leach pick that up from? Well, Lavelle Edwards is where Mike Leach picked that up from. That, you know, like Mike has talked about, I think Mike told us at Media Day yeah. many moons ago now um, that, hey, you know, I he, he still reminisces back to, you know, sitting in on film study with, with Lavelle Edwards at BYU and the impact that his time at BYU had on him. And I, I, yeah, Lavelle was such a, Lavelle was such an impactful presence in Mike Leach's football life. Yeah. And I, I dare say, I don't know that I can speak for Mike Leach, but I dare say that Lavelle Edwards had a significant impact on the shaping of who Mike Leach turned into as a person. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Ryan Thomas says pirate flags should be flown in half mass. They should. Absolutely, they should. Um, Tanner says Lavelle Edwards, Leach's mentor. Correct. Uh, I love seeing Mike Leach on the sidelines and press rooms. Fat little girlfriend. Classic stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Tulin says air raid offense was my favorite offense to watch. Yeah, man. Like it's, yeah, it's really unfortunate. So again, if you're just tuning in this morning, uh, the unfortunate breaking news that we've all kind of been assuming was coming. We were waiting. Yeah, Mike Leach, uh, the legendary football coach, BYU alum, uh, dead at the age of 61 this morning from a heart condition. Um, and if, if you don't know the story, I'll say it one more time before we move on here on the Monty Show. Um, Mike had a, a, he was dealing with congestive heart failure. Um, which is, for those of you who don't know, so I saw somebody asking, I'm sorry I didn't bring it up, but congestive heart failure is not a heart attack. Congestive heart failure is a condition that can lead to a heart attack. So when you have congestive heart failure, your heart and your lungs essentially don't work well. And your heart doesn't move blood and fluid through your body the way it should. So he dealt with severe pneumonia this year, which he had a big amount of fluid that, that amassed around his heart and his lungs. He got over that, came back to coach. Uh, but Sunday night, he had an incident um, at his home uh, where he apparently was communicating with some people via text, sat down on the couch, went to sleep, and never regained consciousness. Had a, had a what is believed to be a massive heart attack. Yeah. And they took him to the hospital. He was found unresponsive. EMTs did their best, took him to the hospital in Starkville, flew him then from Starkville to Jackson, um, and he just never regained consciousness, unfortunately. Yeah. So take care of yourselves, folks. Work out. I'm telling you, watch what you eat. Make better choices every single day because it's just not, uh, it's not how you want to end your life. Mike Leach was only 61 years old. He was only 61 years old. That's crazy. I know, 20 years. Yeah. You're thinking like 20 years. Like I'm somebody, my goal is to live to be at least 100. So I haven't lived half my life yet. That's my goal. That's why like I get my physical every year. I, I get my colonoscopy coming up if they'll ever give me time to get one. Because <laughs> boy, it's hard to get a colonoscopy right now. But uh, yeah, it just is something that you have to, unfortunately, you have to live every day 
to its fullest. All right, The Monty Show is presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Uh, find them online at theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. And I think you know the thing that's most important to you is if you're asking yourself, do I need an attorney? The answer is yes. Yes, you do. If you're wondering, the answer is almost always yes. And at The Advocates, you never come out of your pocket. You don't pay anything up front. They have no consultation fees. They have no retainers. You can chat with an attorney online right now at theadvocates.com. There's a little box right in the middle of the screen. It says, talk to a lawyer now at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, where you don't pay until they win your case at theadvocates.com. So um, this morning, we've been talking a lot of college football, uh, oddly enough. Um, you know, we, uh, we really have been, um, talking a lot of PAC 12, big 12, big 10, because this UCLA decision is coming down tomorrow and it is a significant one. And the question that I think a lot of people are forgetting to ask is what if UCLA stays in the PAC 12, if the board of regents, the UC board of regents, um, who are going to meet tomorrow to make a determination on what they want to do with UCLA and and I'm one of the people who believe that the UC Board of Regents, after talking to a lot of different people about this, um, I believe that the UC Board of Regents has the authority to prevent UCLA from moving to the Big Ten. I think it would be cutting off their nose to spite their face. They would be, and another saying would be, you know, you're being penny wise and pound foolish. It would cost the UC system money to do that. It would hurt UC Berkeley for UCLA to stay in the Pac-12. So my guess is, I think overwhelmingly the vote is going to be to allow UCLA to move on. But these are politicians, and they are California politicians. And in fact, they are not politicians. They are educators and business people making sports decisions. That never goes well. (laughs) And overwhelmingly, when those type of folks are making decisions, it usually does not go well. If UCLA stays in the Pac-12, as George Klyovkak has so passionately fought for, George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, who we call Klyovkak on this show, has passionately fought to keep UCLA in the Pac-12. Do you believe that he's given proper thought to what would happen if UCLA actually stays in the Pac-12? And my answer is no, I don't believe that he has. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's given proper thought to accomplishing a goal, accomplishing, you know, what they, you know, what they want to happen here. But I, but I think that it's hard for me to believe that they've all of a sudden put a bunch of effort and energy into, hey, like, what, what's going to be the best for the conference if UCLA stays? Like, I, I just don't, I'm not going to give them that much credit because they haven't earned that. I, I, I don't think that they're that far along with it. I, I think that, you know, George and the Regents and everybody who controls college football uh, in the pack uh, are sitting here looking at this and saying, well, it's UCLA. How could they leave? Like, you know, but then at the same time, they're not considering, you know, the fact that <clears throat> Oregon may yet still leave one way or the other, depending on what happens with the UCLA. So to me, it's just <clears throat> I, I think that George has always been someone who's going to spin and blow smoke. That's oh, that's who he's been, and and <clears throat> for my money, I think that he's being told to do that. I think that George isn't stupid. I think that <clears throat> if there was better leadership in the Pac-12, that that maybe 
George would do things a little bit differently, but he works for, ultimately he works for the people who lead these schools. Like it's his job to, to sort of execute their will. So to me, I mean, yeah, <clears throat> there is a chance that they could keep UCLA, but, but I just don't like, that just seems really, really dumb. It, it does. Like, I just don't know why you would. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to keep UCLA in the conference at this point. And, you know, the thing that really comes to mind for me anyways is that you have to understand the gravity of this situation. I mean, this is a hugely you, – you okay over there? Yeah, Got just a, trying to – you know, Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Got to stop going down on the cat. Anyway, the point is – I want more. The point is – you don't want more. The point is that um, I, I think it's really short-sighted to try and force UCLA to stay in the Pac-12. And, and again, I, I look at this Pac-12 situation and I think it's a critical moment in time. I truly do. And yeah, by the way, I do think this is absolutely the biggest story in Utah sports because I think this has a, a massive, uh, you know, a massive seismic impact on the rest of the members of the Pac-12, including the Utah Utes. And I think it has a massive seismic impact on the rest of the Big 12, including the BYU Cougars, because if UCLA is forced to stay, it's going to create another set of movement in college football. Because also, don't forget, I think one of the other interesting things here is Oklahoma and Texas are now poised to join the, the SEC in 2024. Why is that significant? Because it is the same time frame that USC and UCLA are scheduled to join the Big Ten. And if UCLA is forced to stay, somebody else is going to fill that spot. Yeah. Because you and I damn well know that the Big Ten is not going to give their TV partners a rebate. That's Fast. not going to happen. They are going to replace UCLA, and I would guess that they would replace them on a larger scale with multiple, multiple new members. I would think Oregon and Washington. Well, what does that do to the Big 12? I think what that does to the Big 12 is that says, okay, hey, Texas and Oklahoma hit the road because they're already exiled. Texas and Oklahoma are not part of the information pipeline in the Big 12. When the commissioner uh, meets with the membership, you know, Brett Yormark is no longer meeting with Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. When they get together as a conference, the presidents don't talk about confidential, you know, logistics and planning with Oklahoma and Texas. They exclude them from those conversations. I think the Big 12 would be happy to see Texas and Oklahoma walk out the door. I think, frankly, the Big 12 would be thrilled to see UCLA stay in the Pac-12 because that's going to open up a can of squip ass yeah. on the rest of the, the Pac-12 membership. Because I think it's going to force Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. And I think it's going to force Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, or excuse me, Utah and Colorado to really evaluate themselves inside of the Pac-12 as members, especially with Deion Sanders getting uh, the way of life completely changed in Boulder now, who are going to, did you guys hear this? And I think this is a big story, that the guys at Colorado Boulder they are now willing to accept transfer credits because historically the transfer portal has been a waste. Carl Durrell talked all about this during his time as a football coach at Colorado. He just did not use or engage in the transfer portal Fast. because none of those players could bring their credits with them. And there's not a kid in the country that's going to just throw away schoolwork and do it all over again. And the other issue is when you throw out those credits, they're not eligible, they're not eligible to play football at Colorado. Yeah. Well, now the folks at, at Colorado Boulder have said, yeah, bring your credits. We're allowing you to transfer now and your credits will transfer over. 
which is a remarkable, remarkable turn because of events. Because you see the yellow brick road being laid out for you. Yes, I mean, absolutely. you don't have a choice. Like, again, this is why I say, like, don't, t- don't talk to me about Stanford or old money or, or the way it used to be or how it's been. That's not what it is anymore. Like, I understand that, that, you know, every single person takes a different amount of time to adjust to the new way in college football. I respect that. Yes. But, but, but whether you're someone who is, who is more Lincoln Riley or you're someone who's more, you know, Kyle Whittingham, as far as the transfer portal is concerned, right? either way, the transfer portal is a transfer portal. Guys are going to transfer and the guys who are leveraging the portal properly are are going to win national championships. And so to me, it comes as no surprise that leadership at Colorado is like, yeah, we, we need to do this because if we want Prime to be able to be successful, he's got to go out and get talent. And the only way to go out and get talent outside of recruiting the normal, the old traditional way, is through the portal. Yeah, and I, I think it's absolutely gigantic. You know, you look at the way that college football is – more and more, and maybe I'm the only one who notices this, and maybe I notice this because I live in a massive college football market like Salt Lake City in Utah. Uh, but here in Utah, I think when you look at the college football world, it is the the leader in sports. I Best. mean, almost on a daily basis, whether it's the changes, by the way, confirmation that BYU has now fired their entire strength and conditioning staff, as we told you that that would happen. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at that kind of change, you look at what's going on at Utah, you look at Mike Leach passing away this morning. College football has a bigger and bigger grip on this country and in this town for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's growing and expanded. Of course, always the biggest stories in sports presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Plato, I have no idea. Lipstick. Apparently my car door looks like a canvas. Quick Quack. It's my saving grace. No one else needs to know the madness of my door. Yeah, Quick Quack Car Wash presents the biggest stories in sports on the Monty Show every morning. And again, I tell you, man, Quick Quack is the way to go on a snowy, uh, salty, dirty morning like today. On your way home, stop at Quick Quack Car Wash. On your lunch break, stop at Quick Quack Car Wash because you know the sun's going to come out this afternoon and your car's going to be beautiful when you go through. And yeah, absolutely, you have time to stop by Quick Quack on your lunch hour because even at their busiest, you're there five, seven minutes because they have great people that are smiling and happy to be there, moving people through the car wash. It's just a really good, good experience. And by the way, bring your kids. They have lights in the tunnel, uh, different colored soap. Like It's just so much fun at Quick Quack car wash. Let's get your thoughts this morning. Obviously, the biggest story in sports this morning again, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach has passed away this morning at the age of 61 due to complications related to a heart condition. Uh, Mike was reportedly dealing with congestive heart failure and reportedly had a heart attack on Sunday night. Mike Leach is dead this morning at the age of 61. Um, And we would love to hear about the coaches as a fan uh, or if you played high school sports, you know, who are the coaches that had the, you know, the biggest impact on you? I always go to my guy, Ron Sapochek at good old Round Lake Senior High School. Right. He was my basketball coach. Uh, when we hooped together, I always have little one-liners that, you know, sappy as we called them would run out. But um, who are the coaches that had the biggest impact on you as a kid, fandom-wise? We'd love to hear those from you as well. Boyd Lake says UCLA would lose millions. And based on what I hear about, how much uh, debt they have, it would hurt. Good point, though, about politics. 
politics ruins everything. I think it is a, for the next five years, um, I think that football and sports in general at UCLA is a losing proposition. They had a disastrous relationship fall apart with Under Armour that really hurt them. Um, I think they are a Jordan brand school now, UCLA, which has yeah. helped them and injected you know cash and excitement into their uniforms. Um, but I think they're going to lose money for several years here. And if, by the way, one of the other things I think it's important to note that if they do go to the Big Ten, they're going to have to give some of that new money to UC Berkeley. That's just what, how the Board of Regents is going to do that thing. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, how all of that plays out. NY Monty fan says, Georgie hasn't given proper amount of thought to anything. The seat his pants is, is flying at about four miles an hour, George being George. I agree with that. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, NY Monty fan says, how about the NBA naming regular season MVP trophy after Michael Jordan? It's about time. Literally the definition of the greatest um, all time is that man. Well, and they actually named quite a few trophies. Uh-huh. Um, after different people. Um, and let me get that list up because, of course, my Monty fan, uh, you know, got me. Uh, let's see. The MVP trophy is named after Michael Jordan. The Defensive Player of the Year trophy in the NBA will now be named after Hakeem Olajuwon. The Rookie of the Year will be named after Wilt Chamberlain. The Most Improved Player will be named after George Mikan. The Sixth Man is named after George Havlicek. And there's a new clutch award that's named after Jerry West. All of those were announced today. Nice. So that's yeah, cool. there's quite a bit. Um, there is quite a bit of, um, you know, there's quite a bit of people that are, you know, being honored across sports. I think the NBA does a really good job of recognizing its history. Now, I wish that the current climate was a little better. Mm -hmm. I wish that millennials, you know, and younger would recognize that things happened before they were born. Thanks. But, you know, memorializing a guy like, um, you know, Bill Russell on all the uniforms this year, uh, you know, retiring the number six, giving an award in the name of George Mikan is all well and good. But I think giving an award to then, you know, naming an award after Jerry West while he's still alive is really important. Uh, Akeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, giving awards to people who achieved great things in the sport while they're still alive is really important. We don't do a good job of recognizing greatness as it's happening. Now, you recognize that on this show, how great I am, but only because Jake is so bad that he is kind of like a good, bad contrast for me. Right, right. You know. Yeah. I wish that in sports we recognize greatness right in front of us. Yes, yes, yes. I don't, I can tell you, I I feel like I did that when I covered the NBA on a daily basis. I knew how good Kobe was. I knew how good and how lucky I was to be watching Kobe and Shaq. I don't know that I recognized how good or how historic Michael Jordan was when it was going on. But that lesson made me recognize how good and historic Kobe was and Shaq was and those guys together, how impactful they are. So I think we need to do a better job of that. I think yeah. we need to recognize, you know, how historic a guy like Kyle Whittingham is in Utah sports, like just how historic he is. Look at Lavelle and the impact he had on a guy like Mike Leach. Did, do we recognize how... I don't know how much how much innovation Lavelle's offense has brought to college football that's still resonating today. Probably not. 
not when it was happening. Yeah. Those are the things we need to get better at. Yeah. We need to understand greatness right before our eyes. Just how good, especially in the NBA, how good Kevin Durant is right now. Like he is one of the best scorers that's ever done it. Yeah. I don't know that we recognize that. So yeah, you know what? NY Monty fan, I think that's a really good point. Uh, by the way. Uh Kanai Johnson. I'm gonna guess Jake doesn't understand this. Jake like finger hiking through the forest to find his meal. No, I no. That's a reference to waxing, I believe, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong, you know. So waxing? I'm not. If I have to explain it to you, bro, what the forest is, come on now. Uh, Michael Jordan wakes up and pisses excellence. Yes, yes he, does. he does. Why are you annoyed by that? Because I, I, where does that even come from? Where, where does that come and even like, like, why did that make sense at that You had time? a hairball and I said to stop blowing the cat, which we don't own a cat. But I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. Okay. Uh, Fat Jesus says no. Tim Donahue ref of the no. Tim Donahue uh, ref of the year award. No. Whoever came up with that you know. shit need to be fired. Yeah, you know. <laughs> People think that's funny. I think it's funny. It is funny. Uh, My Monty fan also says Dennis Rodman should be the chair of the board awards. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Jeremy Severe says Mike Leach and John Wooden are definitely coaches that philo- uh, philosophy wise impacted me uh john tucker and uh jeff hanny believed in me and even though i didn't believe in myself yeah that's huge that's huge that's huge um you know it'll be interesting to you know like what who impacted you as a coach like do you remember your do you remember your high school baseball coach um yeah i mean steve foreman He, he impacted you you think I don't think there's any doubt. I, 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 would, I didn't love the way the impact. I have a lot of, you know, like there's there's a lot of things that have changed in the sport of baseball and pitching and like technology and like, yep. you know, you know, philosophically speaking, a lot has changed. And I think that, um, you know, again, when I played baseball, there was a lot of politics. So, you know, like, yeah, I remember my high school coaches, but I'm not going to sit here and say I remember them fondly. I remember them just as being coaches. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like I woke up and I was like, "Yeah, I get to see my coach today. This is going to be great." You know. <laughs> well, you were also a guy that hated running polls too. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. You didn't enjoy the. Did you enjoy the grunt? You you were a guy that enjoyed. Did you enjoy bullpen sessions or pitching lessons? Yeah, I mean, I think that I enjoyed them to a certain extent, but I think I would have enjoyed them more if I felt like I was seeing progress or if I felt like I was, you know, progressing. That that was always my frustration is like I felt like, hey, I know I have an issue with X, Y, or Z, but I don't feel like there's much progressing. And, yeah, I mean, I obviously, you know, some of that's me. It's always part of it's always on the athlete, like, you know, implementing and applying and, you know, but it's like, you know, at, at a certain point, you have to, you know, it, yeah, it goes round and round, I guess. Yep, totally agree. It goes round and round. I used to love practice as much as I enjoyed as a baseball player. I used to love practice because there were times where um, Bob Petty, who was my high school, m- the most impactful high school baseball coach I had, Bob Petty and I would just stand down in the bullpen and on days that I was pitching, because I was a pitcher and I played first base. Um, on days where we would, where I would be pitching, he would just stand down there in the bullpen and we would just 
talk about like stupid stuff. He was really like that guy was awesome to me. Like that baseball, Bob Petty as a baseball coach impacted me. Like Ron Sapochek, my basketball coach, would yell at me. You know, like my best, the best radio coach I ever had was a guy named Al Brady Law um, in St. Louis at the good old KTRS. And he saw something in me, so he put me on his morning show. And after every morning show, he would stand in my face and yell at me. And man, it made me a better talk show host. It absolutely did. So, you know, I just, yeah. Um, let's see. And Mike Maple says, Andy Reid and Mike Holmeran also came from the Lavelle tree. They did. Indeed, they did. Um, let's see. Uh, Stephen Smith. Is the UC Board of Regents meeting tonight? No, it is tomorrow. Um, to decide whether or not they will let UCLA join the Big Ten or keep them in the Pac-12. It is, it is tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and it is 100% about keeping them or not keeping them. That's what that meeting's about. They they were going to initially have two days of meetings. They canceled Thursday. They're only meeting tomorrow, and it is only about UCLA now, they're saying. Yeah. So we'll see. It's at 10 a.m. Pacific time, so 11 a.m. Mountain time, um, 12 noon um, Central. So we'll see exactly how all that goes down. You know, uh, Let's see. Fat Jesus. By the way, thank you, Stephen Smith, for the $10 tip. By the way, how are we doing on likes today? We are at 53 likes today. You guys, we've had almost 1,000 people watch the show, and we only have 53 likes. Come on. We are trying to get to 9,000 subs like this on this really show. This is really important. This isn't, this isn't just us being like, oh, like and subscribe. No, this yeah, is, this this is, is actually like, really this important. This is like really, really important, and, and being able to get to 9,000 before the end of the year would be a, just a ridiculous accomplishment inside. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that it to get... Like, obviously, the greater goal is 10,000. But to get to 10,000, you got to get to 9,000. I know that's rocket science. So, like, just hit the like button. It's not that hard. Yeah. Like, I, it's it, really just not. Boy, you're annoyed. Yeah, well, because you know why I'm annoyed? Because I watch YouTube, too. And, and being a YouTuber, you start to understand just how easy it is. Take two seconds, hit the like button, and that's it. You have to what, do you, it one time. Are you crabby today, or is this just something you're melting down on? No, I just, I I mean, sure, maybe I'm crabby. I don't know. Yeah, you know. All right, yeah, give us a like. Uh, that really helps the channel grow. And wh why that matters is because when you hit like, um, and of course, if you're not subscribed, please hit subscribe. Um, but when you hit like, YouTube pushes out our content more because you liked it. So the people that you follow are going to see it. Yeah. And it'll put it more into the algorithm. So it helps the channel grow. On the days where we get 100 likes, we pick up 30 to 40 subs every day so it really makes a difference when you guys like the show and we really appreciate that you guys do that so please do uh please do do that i appreciate it um let's see eminem says uh, everyone watching give a like and a subscribe this is your christmas gift to the monty show yeah, exactly please. Right. thank you appreciate that i'm not quite as desperate as jake is he seems annoyed but you know um it's fine uh let's see fat jesus says jake played for uh the free snow cone after the game that's right. That's correct. You used to not want the hot dog after the game. Jake was this little jerk of a kid. They would give the kids free hot dogs. That's right, T. He would make me take him to McDonald's for chicken nuggets. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Do you remember those days? Yep. At good old Avon Township. I want chicken nuggets. 
So he wouldn't eat the hot dog. Yeah, but, have was, to go to but at Avon, I was the best player on my team and by I mean, far. And and we also won. Uh, we also won the league. So you know, you, you get chicken nuggets for that. Yeah. Uh, Jake Gordon says the grit and grind uh, of practice for me was uh, when I was younger was the worst in the moment. But I'm grateful for all those long hard days of practice with running. Yeah, Jake, absolutely. I mean, it it is. I have great memories of games. I can I can sit here and Jake and I talk about this all the time. I vividly remember three-point shots I hit in high school. Like I, I dream about high school baseball all the time. Yeah, I remember time. I remember a game um, at Stevenson High School where I hit a home run. Um, and I want to say, I don't remember, I don't remember the, the kid's name now. I actually want to say that it was Kenny. The starting pitcher's name was Kenny because we played, we played Little League Baseball together. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but we went to Glenbrook North where my sister went to high school and I hit a home run at Glenbrook North and hit a building. I'll never, I remember the first home run I ever hit was at Daniel Wright Middle School in Lincolnshire. And I hit a, I hit a shed in center field. There's a shed at Daniel Wright Middle School. At least there used to be. It's a big shed out in center field. And I hit that shed. Like I remember that stuff. Sports yeah. is sports is the thing that I remember most. I still have dreams about playing first base. And I'm right-handed, so I wear a glove on my left hand. I have a dream often about having the wrong glove. Like I have a glove that I can only wear on my right hand. So like I'm trying to get it to fit on my like I have that dream all the time. Yeah. Or like I I have dreams about hockey, and I have dreams that I'm a goaltender and I forgot my my pads. Yeah. Like, I have stupid dreams like that all the time. Yep. Sports Same. is so important to our lives. Yeah. Do you got, I mean, that one of the great things about this show is we have a community of people. We hang out every morning and talk about sports, right? And we talk about life and we talk about all this great stuff. And it's because of sports. You're yeah. only here. You found us one way or the other through sports. You probably did a YouTube search for Jazz or Big 12 or Pac 12 or whatever it was. And we wound up talking. We wound up talking sports, and now we're all friends and we hang out. Yeah, you know. Uh, Mike Maple says basketball coach in high school was George Sluga at Bingham, uh, famous and infamous at the same time. There you go. Uh, Charlie Moeller, hard to play for, in your face, expected more, and loved running only because he saw your potential and helped you achieve that. Uh, a credit him to getting my scholarship at Dixie State. Nice, it's awesome, dude. Nice, love that. Um, Salty Drunk, Tony Brothers, my fondest memory about baseball is the movie Major League with Charlie Sheen. So good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just a bit outside. You know, like, absolutely. Um, Salty Drunk says, there you go. I hit the like button, dude. Keep your shirt on, Jake. Sheesh. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. See what I mean? Now we're trekking to 100. Likes. See, so now, much like the high school baseball coach, I lean on you guys a little bit, and what do you know? Get some results here. Yeah, we, I like it. We lean on it because we love you. Yeah. Um, speaking of loving men, uh, Fat Jesus says, did Jake just say he dreams about high school baseball players? Uh, no, that's not what I said. I you, said although, uh, although. I dream about playing high school baseball often. One of the guys you played with is in the majors. Um, one of the guys you played with is in federal prison. Yes. Um, one of the guys, like you had some interesting. Please. You had some interesting high school teammates. Yeah. You know. Uh, Dale Donuts says, I really miss my sons playing youth sports from football to baseball, special times for our family. Yeah. I, I used to hate Saturday afternoons where you would have to drive all the way out to, you know, some brutal, some, you know, middle of nowhere BFE place. Yeah. But I miss it every day now. 
Capistrano Valley. You know, like one of I'm really lucky I had Jake when I was 20 years old. So we're we're we snowboard together. Yeah. Um like when we were playing basketball all the time. We used to we used to quite literally f people up playing basketball. Like I mean, it it's it's so important that we appreciate those things so that we recognize how special it is to have a son. How special it is to have a relationship. He, he doesn't think this, but how special it is to have a relationship with your dad. Yeah. Right? Like you just don't recognize those things until it's too late. That's the tough part. Kurt Meyer says the state of Utah has put out some great talent in coaching Miss Ron McBride. It has. Some legendary coaches. Um, Jake Gordon says, when can I come watch a Grizzlies game with you, Monty? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, what's your schedule? Yeah, I mean, it's up to you. Um yeah, I mean, by the way, if you haven't been to the Maverick Center to see Grizzlies hockey this year, you're crazy. That's one of my biggest regrets as a kid. I would have loved to have played hockey, but yeah. I didn't. Oh, by the way, Snoop Dogg is at uh, Maverick Center tonight. Yes. And this place is going to be crazy. Yes. this The Maverick Center is a great concert venue. I don't know how many people realize that. If you haven't been to a show here, like we've seen Harry Styles come through. We've seen... I mean, a ton of acts ton, have come dude. through. Yeah. The preparation for Snoop Dogg. It's incredible. The building completely changes. I I have, and you guys don't care about this, but I'll say it anyways. Here at, at the Maverick Center, we do our show every day uh, at the Maverick Center. And the people that bust their ass to make this building operate, yeah. I don't know how they do it. I mean, it's a 24-7 job. Like, we'll leave here. We'll leave like a, a Salt Lake Stars game. Yeah. We'll come in the next morning. It'll be completely torn apart. Ice will be down. Glass will be up. Nets will be up. Like, good to go. You'll leave after a Grizzlies game. You'll come back the next morning, set up for a Harry Styles concert. Set up for a Snoop Dogg concert. Yeah. It's I'm crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It is crazy. Um, NY Monty fan says, Maverick Center is going to smell like a herd of skunks broke in there after the show tonight. Love Snoop. <laughs> One of my best <coughs> memories of Snoop Dogg. And I wish we could get him on the show. I've tried. So he came. I used to be a producer on the Jim Rome TV show at Fox. And my job was to book guests and make sure that they showed up. They got to set. They were prepared. All that stuff. So Snoop Dogg was one of my guests. I booked him. It was my job to facilitate. So they ask for certain things. So, hey, yeah, Snoop's coming on the show, but we're going to need, one of the things he asked for was 24 towels, white towels, not just any towel, white towels. Okay, all right, no problem. Hey, one of the things we're going to need is three cases of water. 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 Like all this stuff. He's going to, like, we used to have guests that would ask for fresh chopped fruit and chocolate chip cookies. They would ask for certain types of, hey, we need di we need you know, five bottles, 16-ounce plastic bottles of Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Snoop Dogg only asked for cases of water and 24 white towels. Hmm. Why did he ask for that? Because him and his crew came to the Fox Sports, the hub, you know, the big Fox lot in Hollywood. It was where we did the Jim Rome show every day. Snoop showed up with a crew, and I mean a crew. That dude rolls deep. And the reason they needed the towels is they all smoked weed in the dressing rooms. So they took the cases of water, soaked the towels, and blocked the doors so that they could smoke weed. Then when showtime came, they all left the dressing rooms. 
He did the show, signed autographs, took pictures. Like Snoop is one of the most gracious dudes ever. And then they just left. So you go back into the green, the dressing rooms, and there's just a pile of towels. They're all piled up on the table, and it smells like a herd of dead skunks. <laughs> but he is one of the best, most nicest dudes you've ever met. Yeah. Him and I, the guys who come to mind that I, that I worked with at Fox, Bo Jackson, no doubt about it. Jerome Bettis, no doubt about it. Snoop Dogg, no doubt about it. But the best guy who treated me exceptionally well. And then when I saw him many years later, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. So Tom Morello comes in because he's a big sports fan. He's recording an album with Rage Against the Machine. And actually, it wasn't Rage Against the Machine at that time. It was Audio Slave. Yeah. He's recording their first ever album with Audio Slave in the studio. And I am blowing this MFR up on, on Pager. Like at the time, it was a Pager. Right. A time port pager in 2000. Right. Doesn't answer for like 12 hours. Hits me in the middle of the night. He's like, bro, settle down. I'll be there. We're recording. We're in the studio. <laughs> Shows up the next day and he goes, I'm really sorry I said that. You know, I was crabby. I'd been working all day. No problem. <laughs> Text me anytime. <laughs> Fast forward to 2004. Audio Slave now is a massive rock band. They're in Sacramento at the War Memorial Coliseum venue. venue. And I, I text Tom Morello. I'm like, hey, I want to interview you on my radio show. I had, a, I had the number one rated nighttime talk show uh, on the Sacramento Kings station. I had like a, it was a massive show. It was awesome. Um, and so Tom's like, yeah, sure. Just show up. Come knock on the bus door at this time. Uh, and I, I remember typing him, that's it? He goes, yeah, that's it. So I showed <laughs> up and he treated me like we were best friends. He totally remembered me from Fox. He was like, oh, yeah. They, and we talked about, like, he came on the show twice. And he talked about how um, he wore a Cubs hat. And him and I at Fox, had, he's a huge Cubs fan. He's from Libertyville, Illinois, right, right by where I grew up. Libertyville. And so we talked Cubs for like an hour before the Jim Rome show. And then we sat on the bus. Me and Mrs. Monty sat on the bus at Audio Slave and interviewed him for like 90 minutes. And then we're walking off the bus and, and I'm like, all right, cool, dude. I really appreciate you, man. And he goes, hey, are you coming to the show? And I said, no, man, I, I, it's sold out. I didn't have tickets. And he's like, oh, you're coming to the show. And he walks us into the stadium. He opens up the back door, takes us through backstage. He's like, here you go, anywhere you want. We stood like third row with Tom Morell. It was amazing. And all the Hells Angels were fighting with like, it was the bikers were there. It was one of the, the best concert memories I have with Mrs. Monty is Audio Slave. Yeah. The first time we ever saw Audio Slave, amazing. But those relationships, you never, those never leave you. Yeah. They never leave you. Uh, Joe, now I'll, I'll digress into sports talk now. My apologies. Uh, before we get to football 50, UC Regents will likely opt for what's bringing them the most money. Oh, at, no, they will not. No, absolutely they will not. Uh, which is UCLA to the Big Ten, then tax them 15 to 20 million a year. They will not opt for what brings them the most money. What the Board of Regents is going to opt for is what is going to get Cal and Los Angeles, UCLA and Cal Berkeley, out of debt and build long-term financial stability in athletics. One of the things that the UC Board of Regents has talked about is the instability in, in athletic finances. Yeah. They've talked about it a ton because Cal is in an unbelievable hole financially. 
Like, I don't know what it's going to take to get them cash positive. Yeah. UCLA is in debt academic or um, sports-wise. This move to the Big Ten would get UCLA cash positive, but they're going to have to, to your point, Joe, they're going to have to take some of that profit and give it to Cal. That's the issue for UCLA. Okay, real quick. G off's comment right there. Two down. Uh, let's see. Hey, Gramps, let's get back to the show, please. G <laughs> off, bro. Why you got to hate, man? That's not funny. That's not funny. That, why is that funny? Gramps. It, that, Have you ever even listened to Audio Slave? Audio Slave's amazing. Yeah, dude. Don't, oh, okay. I thought you were going to. No, I'm I was an audio say, slave I will guy, punch dude. you in the face. No, G off. Has Geoff ever listened to Audio Slave? No, I don't think so. I doubt it. You know. Uh, let's see. Grocox brother said, Salty said I should hit the like button too, Jake. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Come Correct. on, man. We are, we're, we're, we're just about, again, a, a thousand viewers, and we have 89 likes. Come on, man. Come on, man. There you go. We you, broke 90. We broke 90. 10 more to go. 10 more to go. Where did that comment? There it is. Giggity said, Gramps, Jake will have to lose his virginity before Monty is a grandpa. <laughs> Can always count on Giggity to back you up, bro. I'm just saying, you know, 10 in the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, we bring you football 50, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your order at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Monty25, 25% off your order at Papa Murphy's Pizza. This Kyler Murray story is a big deal. Um, Kyler Murray tore his ACL last night, and now it looks like he tore his ACL. If that's the case, he's out for the year. Yeah. I mean, does he get exposed or do they miss him? I think they miss him only because Colt McCoy's a backup, not a starter. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is culturally he's going to get exposed because he won't be around and people will be happier. And at some point, the the arrogance and the I like myself some Kyler Murray attitude from Kyler Murray is going to wear thin. And the problem is, is that you committed this contract to him and you don't really have a choice. And so to me, it's like, I, will they miss him maybe on some level? But I think that... You know, if you somehow stumble into another quarterback through the draft, maybe, or through some sort of trade, like, that's not going to be good for Kyler Murray. Oh, sorry. Um, he He's an average quarterback. I got news for you. Kyler Murray's an average quarterback. And again, I just sit here and tell you, you can't be a running quarterback and have, be a run-first quarterback and win in this league. And again, I know that, like, Keyshawn Johnson melted down on ESPN today. Because people keep saying that running quarterbacks get hurt and Keyshawn Johnson automatically assumes that means black quarterbacks are, you know, being criticized. The fact of the matter is Tua Tungavailoa is a run-first quarterback who now is not a run-first quarterback because he got hurt all the time. He's learned to pass in the pocket, right? And he's had a career year so far. If you want to be successful at the NFL level on a regular basis, you can't play hero ball like Zach Wilson does. You can't play hero ball like Lamar Jackson does. Yep. You can't play hero ball like any of these other guys Kyler Murray does. Look at Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley playing really good football for the Ravens. How'd he get hurt? Running out of the pocket. Now, to Key's point, Keyshawn Johnson on ESPN this morning 
said, hey, well, Lamar Jackson got hurt in the pocket. Why did he get hurt in the pocket? Because he can't throw from the pocket. He was holding the football too long. Yeah. That's why he got hurt in the pocket. You either have it or you don't. Lamar, Kyler, Zachy Poo, these guys don't have it. Yeah. They're not it factor guys. So when you look at the guys who do have it, Tua Tungabailoa, I think, has shown you he has that it factor ability now. Now, is he falling off the cliff a little bit because the competition's getting better? Yeah, probably. But he's shown us this year he can complete passes at a high rate, even across the middle. He's completing at a high rate. Will that continue? I don't know. But from what we've seen, Tua Tungabailoa has stayed in the pocket and grown as a passer. The problem is a guy like Kyler Murray isn't a great pocket passer. He has to run to be effective. Lamar Jackson cannot win the game from the pocket. He has to run to be effective. Yes. That's the bottom line. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and the sex machine Justin Herbert don't have to run to be effective. They're pocket passers, but can they? Yes, they can. Yeah. Okay. Can our friend up in, in Buffalo impact the, 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 the end result of the football game from the pocket and from outside the pocket? He can't. Josh Allen is is probably prototypical, if not Patrick Mahomes being prototypical. Yeah. So yeah, I absolutely think that you you better you better understand that if if you're going to run, you're going to get hurt in this league. It's that it is that simple. Jesse Harsh says Kyler is easily a top thirty-two quarterback in the league. You're welcome. Yeah, he is. Kyler yeah, is a top might, thirty-two he might, quarterback. He, he, he might be thirty-second. But he's still cracking the list. Yep. Uh, Boyd List said, uh, baby head Kyler can now spend all his time on Xbox. Win-win. Yeah, I'm sure he'll say some dumb stuff on his Twitch stream while he plays Call of Duty. Yep. Um, Salty Drunk says, do you think Snoop has the football at 50 jingle playing while he's in the dressing room? Of course he Obviously. does. Duh. I mean, duh. He listens Hello. to the show. Come on. Capazzo knows. Absolutely, Capazzo knows. Uh, NY Monty fan, oh my, Keyshawn, seriously, Steve Young was a running quarterback and he got hurt. He could take a hit but didn't know how to uh, how to get hit. Totally agree with that. Linebackers don't care what color your skin is, no, they bro. No, nope. oh, day-old donuts. We might have to do a donut today. I'm macking. Uh, bad injury. My son tore his ACL. was very tough for the kid. Kyler Murray will miss the next season as well. And then what's he like when he comes back? What's he like when he comes back? That's the hard thing. Uh, and, of course, this morning, the biggest story in football is the passing of the legendary Mike Leach. Uh, currently, um, I don't know that there's a bigger bigger story in football. Uh, Mike Leach, a head football coach at Mississippi State, uh, passed away Monday night uh, at the age of 61. Um, if you don't know the story, Mike Leach has been dealing with congestive heart failure for some time now, uh, which led to a pretty significant case of pneumonia. He was able to fight past that. Sunday night, um, apparently he was not feeling well. He decided to sit on his couch. He was texting some people, according to ESPN. Then he went to sleep and never woke up. He had an incident uh, in his sleep. Apparently, what most people now are saying was a massive heart attack in his sleep. Um, and he never recovered from that. Um, they took him to the hospital in Starkville. EMTs worked on him after he was found unresponsive. He was then flown by helicopter to Jackson, and he just never regained consciousness. Yeah. Mike Leach passes away uh, last night. Now it is being said he died Monday night at the age of 61. Uh, the pirate leaves us. And what a legacy he leaves behind. Personality-wise, off the field, the guy was larger than life. As a football coach, he continued the legacy and the work of Laval Edwards from BYU. 
Um, he impacted so many people, whether it was from Lubbock to Pullman uh, to Starkville. Mike Leach will forever be a legend of the college football world. Just a, a really tough loss. Mike Leach dead at the age of 61 this morning. Football 50, 10 to the hour. Every hour presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa Murphy's presents how to change the way you pizza. Step one, carefully knead dough. Step two, artfully spread sauce. Step three, add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings. Step four, realize we already did all that for you. So all you have to do is bake it. For a limited time only, get the Hog Heaven Pizza with Canadian bacon, ground sausage, and crispy bacon. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Indeed you do. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your order of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. And again, I can only, only espouse the greatness of barbecue sauce on pizza. Never, ever use pizza sauce again. You're enlightened now. You listen to the Monty show like you're more intelligent and stuff. Right. You're educated. Use barbecue sauce on your traditional casual crust pizza at, at, uh, see, didn't burp into that the was microphone. Very good self-control right there. That was <laughs> use barbecue sauce <laughs> on your traditional crust pizza at Papa Murphy's pizza. Use the promo code Monty 25 and make sure you tell me you heard about it. On the Monty show, let's see. Provo Cougar fan says, if a QB is playing for the Jets, you have to run. Well, apparently somebody forgot to tell Mike White to run because he got crushed like nine times this weekend. Yeah. By the way, they say he's good to go. He's going to play. Um, so that's good. Boyd Lake says, lesson of the day, when you have chest pain and don't feel well, get to a doctor. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, congestive heart failure is... I mean, do you guys know what that is? Congestive heart failure essentially means that your heart is not working correctly. Um, and you are simply on the clock. And it probably means that, you know, you things like pneumonia, because when you have congestive heart failure, you tend to accumulate fluid in your lungs and your heart. This is a code 10 abort. And there's really no coming back from that, unfortunately. And I don't say that lightly. Um... You know, like it, it's just not, it's not, you're young right now. Let's do something about your health. You know, let's get in shape. Let's get in the gym. You know, Jake and I talk about this all the time that, you know, you got to get in the gym. You got to get healthy. You got to lose weight. You got to eat well. You got to eat fiber. And I, I think a lot of people joke and guys, it's not something to joke about. You only, you only get one heart. That's it. And when you have high cholesterol, you can't let that go. When you have high blood pressure, absolutely, you cannot let that go. Heart and stroke, heart attacks and stroke kill men in this country every single day. Yeah. And we got to do something about it. You look at Mike Leach. Mike Leach was only 61. That's not old. Mike Leach was not an old man. He died of an old man's disease. Yeah. And I understand coaching stressful. I just, man, I really hope that, that people use this as inspiration. You know, so... I'm just saying. Uh, Tim Bruckmiller says, Mike Leach brought national relevance to Lubbock, Pullman, and Starkville. Yes, he did. Yep. Yes, he did. Yep. Uh, let's see. Jake Gordon, barbecue pizza is fantastic, especially with green onions. Chef's kiss. Yes, that's right. I'm telling you, barbecue sauce on pizza, and you have to add green onions. We talk that's about that all the time. Uh, zero one Mag Cat. Do you think that this Board of Regents decision will spark the next realignment domino to fall. Yeah, I, I, 100%. and if you're just tuning into the show, uh, the UC Board of Regents will meet tomorrow morning at 11 Mountain Time, 10 Pacific, 
to make a decision on UCLA. And my feeling is what I'm guessing from just in my guess is based on conversations with I've had with a bunch of people about this. My guess is UCLA is going to the Big Ten. What are you laughing about? Lopes fan Gabe is trolling you. Lopes fan Gabe says, uh, Monty, you only have one heart. Also, Monty, cue the hog heaven pizza commercial. <laughs> well, see, but here's the thing. And this is, this is, it's funny. We've talked about all this this week. Yeah. We eat pretty well. I eat a ton of fiber. I have oats. I eat high fiber cereal. And I go to the doctor at least once a year to get a physical. I get my blood checked. Yeah. I'm going to have the, you know, the Roto-Rooter, you know, All done gas, here in the spring. Because no you can't get an appointment earlier than that. Um, but everybody's different. Having a hog heaven pizza is not going to kill me. If you have, you know, like burgers. We've been talking to, we've, we've had some burgers lately. And Jake's like, yeah, we got to, we, if we're going to eat out, it's got to be Chipotle. Yeah. Right. It's got to be stuff that is low glycemic. Um, you know, like having yesterday we had wings. Again. And a salad. smoker. Asado seasoning. Absolutely incredible. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, BBQpitstop.com. One of the biggest hacks in nutrition, if you're struggling with decent nutrition, like making like 50 wings on Sunday and having like eight of them a day is incredible. And the other thing that I would say is I don't believe, and this is my opinion, I am not a doctor. I am not a nutritionist. Right. I don't believe that fat is what's killing Americans. I think what's killing Americans and making us fat is sugar. Keep I'm a huge, real. and I guess we're going to do nutrition with Uncle Monty. Um, <laughs> I don't believe that fat is what's killing Americans. I think we get fat because we don't understand how insulin is killing us, and we don't understand what sugar does. Yeah, um, you know, you you can't you can't. I will eat a burger all day long before I'll eat a bag of candy. I, now, I'm not saying that I don't eat sugar, but I very, very carefully limit my sugar. Well, and then, you know, we haven't even discussed soda. I mean, soda is the one that's just absolutely Jesus. torching people. Yeah, you if you drink full sugar soda, if you're a Coke or a Pepsi drinker, just start digging the, the hole in the ground right now. Six feet deep, my man. Because <coughs> I'm telling you that full sugar soda is killing you. Yeah. And everybody always says, well, why do you drink Rockstar? This can of Rockstar has two grams of sugar in it. Do you know that a... And this, by the way is 16 ounces. Do you understand that a full sugar can of soda has 12 ounces in it, I believe, and it's 44 grams of sugar on the low end? 44 grams of sugar. I'm telling you, sugar is killing us. So by size of can, right? Just because it's easy to find. Seven and a half ounce can of Coke, 25 grams of sugar. 12 ounce, 39 grams of sugar. Ooh. You can get them in 16 ounce, 52 grams of sugar. Oh, damn. 20 ounce, 65 grams of sugar. Can't do so, that, dude. Can't you know, do it. Just saying. Can't do that. Uh, let's see. Most popular place people are dying to get there. What is the most popular place that people are dying to get to? So the see cemetery. What there. See what he did there. People are, are dying, dying to get somewhere. To the cemetery. But that's why medieval on yesterday I spent 45 minutes doing chest and triceps and pushing that damn sled. thing is so hard to do. Geoff. Oh, he gave up soda. Let me call him Jeff. Jeff Johnson gave up soda two months ago. I only drank zero sugar Gatorade now, and my whole body feels so much better, especially all my joints. I haven't had yeah, soda in yeah. 
Uh, it was at McCovey's in 2013 is the last time I had soda. McCovey's in Walnut Creek, California. So it's been 10 years almost since I had a soda. You know, uh, Jake Gordon says this episode's been all over the place and I love it. Sorry about that. I'm sometimes uh, wildly unfocused. Wildly unfocused. Uh, the Oh, hey now. Uh, the hand to mouth is what kills us. Certainly. Certainly. Uh, Salty Drunk says, hey, Lopes fan. Uh, hey, Lopes, Monty. Has the low-fat pizza relax? I don't have low I See, like, I just don't worry about fat. See, the thing is, is if you're working out and you're drinking your water and you're getting your sleep and everything, have the pizza. Have it. Yeah. But your ass better be in the gym. Yep, right? totally agree. Totally agree. Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball on the Monty Show presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Check them out online, theadvocates.com is where you find the best injury attorneys in the business. And to all of our friends in Arizona, the advocates are open for business in Arizona now. So absolutely, you have access to the best injury attorneys at the advocates, theadvocates.com. Chat with them online. There's a lot of people I know we don't like talking on the phone. Totally get that. Go to theadvocates.com. You'll notice there is a button where you can talk to a lawyer right now at theadvocates.com. The Utah Jazz back home tonight. It is Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans in town to take on the Utah Jazz. And the question about the Jazz is, how important is Laurie Market into this team? Because obviously with this spate of injuries the Jazz have been going through, whether it's marketing, Conley, Sexton, JC, you have a bunch of dudes out of the lineup. Now I would expect Laurie Markkinen to be back tonight as I would expect Mike Conley to play. But how important is Laurie Markkinen to this Jazz team? Because again, uh, sources from the NBA told me on Monday that the Jazz are absolutely open for business on Jared Vanderbilt. They are not open for business on Laurie Markkinen. Right. Jake, is that the right tack to take? I mean, I, I think that, yeah, probably. I mean, obviously, I'm going to sit here and say Laurie's better than Vando. No doubt about it. I think nobody doubts that. But but to me, I, I don't know that I would say I'm not open for business on Laurie Markkinen. I, I think that there'd be nobody I wouldn't be open for business on. But, you know, the ask is going to obviously be significant for a guy like Laurie Markkinen with where this team is at. And, and I think that... You know, if you want to build around Laurie Markkinen and Colin Sexton, that's great. I have no problem with that. Uh, philosophically speaking, I think that works. I think that that's the right play. But if you said to me, hey, we really want Laurie Markkinen and we're willing to give you, you know, a young, talented wing player that, that can really be a franchise building block, like that caliber of talent, then obviously I'm going to listen. You know, so like I just don't believe that there's ever a time when guys aren't available. I think everyone's available. It's just a matter of how over the top you're willing to be with your value. And so to me, the other factor at play is there's a lot of learning lessons going on in the league as far as not making trades are concerned. We tell you on the show all the time, like, hey, where would the Knicks be if they had made the Don trade and not, you know, been so stubborn about Grimes? You know, where would you be if the Lakers had, you know, done the bogey deal, right? Not been yeah. so selfish about their picks. And like, so to me, it's like, hey, like everyone's available. I do agree that I probably would be stingy with Lori. 100%. I'd be stingy with him. I would want a big-time package in return for Lori Markkinen. But, but, but right now, I think that the goal is probably to, to build a playoff team around, around Markkinen and Sexton and Conley. Those three guys, I think, you know, are who you're going to want to build around. And the only reason I say Conley 
is because of his leadership on the floor. When he plays, they're a better team. When he plays, the pick and roll is better. The passing to the corner is better. Um, and I think Walker Kessler is a better player uh, as far as lobs are concerned. So to me, those are the three guys. Everybody else not named, you know, those three are are available, and I'm happy to talk about it. That That is how I would be handling this roster and this offseason if I'm, if I'm Danny and company. Yeah, and I think um, there's no doubt that they should trade Jared Vanderbilt. I, I mean, I we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. I, I see him as a, uh, when you project him out, um, and when you look at what Jared Vanderbilt's highest best use is on this club, uh, my opinion is he will always be a D and occasionally three guy. Not a three and D guy. Because he's not somebody at this stage of his career and at this point in development that you can say, hey, he's going to knock down a corner three 30 to 35% of the time. Yeah, He's not going to do that for you. And I think when you look at Jared Vanderbilt, his defense and rebounding, his ability to finish at the rim is, is really important. But that's not how you win championships in this league. You win championships by playing good defense and hitting threes. Yeah. And I don't think that's who Jared Vanderbilt is as a player. He doesn't suck. I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm saying, in my opinion, and in in the opinion of Jasmine and, and NBA guys I've spoken to, Jared Vanderbilt doesn't project to be on this roster when they win a championship. And if that is truly the case, and if that's what Danny Ainge has evaluated, why would you hang on to him a minute longer than you have to? Yep. Because his value is not going to go up. His value is going to go down from here, in my opinion. So if, I am, if I'm the Utah Jazz, I am going to sell high on Jared Vanderbilt. So, And I do think, by the way, that for a team like Boston, Jared Vanderbilt has a lot of value, right? To a, to a team that is a really good club, like a, a, a veteran-laden team like a Golden State, a veteran-laden team that can use somebody who can play defense where I can plug him in for five minutes, he's not going to kill me on the floor. That's who Jared Vanderbilt is. Yeah. So I think you can move him. Um, and again, the sticking point here, I, I guess, is the opinion and the developmental arc that you see in certain guys. Yeah. So do you see championship developmental arc in a Colin Sexton? I think you do. I think he can be a, a guy who projects as a second or third option or a number one option off the bench on a championship team. I believe he's a third player on a championship team. Yeah. And if Colin Sexton's your third best player, you're golden, right? If Laurie Markkinen is your second best player with Colin as your third player and you have an alpha dog at the one, yeah. now you're in business. Yes. Now you're in business. Now you're cooking with gas, right? Yes. Right now they don't have that. But I would tell you that I think Laurie Markkinen is critical to this team. Laurie Markkinen is the straw that stirs the drink. And those lapses where we go, whether it's Chicago, any of the games where they've just seen five, 10, 12-minute stretches where Laurie Markkinen's a zero. He doesn't impact the game. He's just kind of running laps at this point. That's what we've got to figure out how to stop. And I think Will Hardy will stop that. I also think it's critically important we, we find out or we get a taste, a tiny taste of the top end on the kill Alexander Walker. Yeah. Because that trade now looks like a trade where you're like, well, damn, maybe we did turn Jingles into something. Maybe we did, right? I don't know if they did, but if Nikhil Alexander-Walker's your 9, 10, 11 guy off the bench, you're in really good shape. Well, and I think he can be more than that. I think the, the 40 minutes he gave you the other night was really good. I mean, 40 minutes, 27 points, shot the ball at an efficient rate. Like, it, it, that's the kind of guy he's got to be regularly to, to get minutes. And I, and I think that 
Nikhil Alexander Walker on a championship team. Yeah. Is definitely a top end bench contributor. No doubt about it. I would never start him on a championship team, but to me, he can be part of that second unit that is going to is gonna spell your starters to begin a quarter or like he's a bridge guy. And those are really, really important. Like, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but but the guys who play when your starters need a, a breather are crucial to you winning a championship. So I'm not sitting here saying that that being a bench player and, and filling that role and, and contributing for probably... You know, for Nikhil on this team, probably 10, 12 minutes at a time. That's probably your window each time you run out there. If you can contribute and you can give me 8 to 10 points in the 10 minutes you're playing, that's great. That's awesome production. And I think that that's the kind of development that we need to see. Does he ever start in the league regularly? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He's too young. His offensive game needs a lot of work. You know, if he somehow develops, if he can be, become a guy that's got a good enough handle to beat someone one-on-one -on -one and, like, he can become more of an individual scorer, yeah, he probably can push a starting lineup. But right now, I think he's extremely valuable coming off the bench. Yeah, and, and I think it'll be interesting to see how all of this plays out. How many of these guys are back on the, the hardwood tonight? Obviously, Sexton's not going to be back. But if you can get Markinen, Conley, and J.C., back into this lineup on a regular basis, I think you're in good shape because let's not forget the NBA opens for business on, on, on Thursday. Yeah. The 15th is the first day that you can trade those new contracts you signed Fast. over the summer. Yeah. So this is coming. We're coming into a really important stretch. Mike Conley's got to be healthy because I think he's a guy, frankly, that has value around the league now. I think uh, there are a lot of executives who are surprised at the way that Mike Conley is playing. Uh, one NBA guy I talked to the other day was saying that Mike is a guy that he could see being plugged in on multiple teams. He's a guy that can fill a gap for you. He's on an expiring contract. There's real value in that. And if you can put Mike Conley, like one of the teams, again, that I think would have huge interest in Mike is the New York Knicks. They need that veteran presence that they don't currently have. Jalen Brunson, while he has been, I think, as advertised for the New York Knicks, would certainly flourish under the tutelage of a guy like a Mike Conley. Yeah. Right? Those situations, I think, are of value to the New York Knicks. I don't know that the relationship exists between Danny Ainge, frankly, and the Knicks front office to get that deal done. Leon Rose is a red ass over the Donovan Mitchell trade that didn't happen. And I understand that. But if business is to be done and Mike Conley's available, I do think the Knicks would pick up that deal. Absolutely. I also think the Mavericks and the Lakers are two places that I would watch. The other thing that's very interesting right now around the NBA is what are the LA Lakers going to do? Because I don't think there's any doubt now that they are going to make deals. Mm. I, I, I just don't see any way around that. I hear it too often in, in text and phone call conversations that the Lakers know that they are, they are a flawed roster. Now, if you didn't know that in the summer, clearly they did. If you didn't know that in the summer, that'd be shocking, right? But I think the Kyrie Irving scandal really hurt the Lakers' desire to make trades aggressively. Yeah. I think he's off their radar, frankly. I'd, I'd be really surprised if Jeannie Buss in the L.A. community that has a really strong Jewish population would be open for business on Kyrie Irving. I'd be really surprised by that. Yeah. But I do think that they would be open for business on trading Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. I think Anthony Davis is the guy that they'd be open for. I would also remind you, you've seen Laker executives at Bronny James's games now. You've seen NBA scouts, NBA executives routinely going to games where LeBron's kids are playing because Bronny's a nice player. 
Bryce James is now 6'6". He's a high school sophomore at six foot six inches. You want those guys in your fold. And yeah. LeBron James is not valuable necessarily for what he's doing now, Jake, but I think the relationship has to stay intact because his Bryce James looks like a monster dude. Yeah, 100%. And I think that I think that this has been the end game for, for Braun for a while. He wants to play a season with his kids, I think. And I think that's why you're hearing the rumors about playing until I'm 45 and then retiring because then... He can get one, if not two seasons, you know, with his kids. And, and I think that really matters to him. And I think, you know, the Lakers, the Lakers just got to get on with it. You know, yes. like, unfortunately, it, that's to me, that's how you have to word it. It's time to get on with it, man. Like, I'm tired of, hey, one more season with AD, one more season, one more. Like, you have to get on. Anthony Davis won a championship for you. It's time to move on. He's a one and done guy who's going to be an injury prone player the rest of his career. And that's okay. Not every guy is ironclad like Braun or or Michael or Kobe or, you know, like not every guy is like that. That's right. So to me, it's a fool me once, fool me twice thing. And I think that 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 it's time to move him. And once you move him, you can get on with life because you're going to get picks back for him. And I think don't be surprised if they go and get Bogdanovich from Detroit because they've been after him for a long time. Like the Lakers need to do some things. Yep. Jake Gordon says, yes, Utah Jazz time. Uh, Brett Burnett says, uh, Greg's right about water. Drink good, clean water and feel better and save money. Don't disagree with that. He also says, praise up for the Jazz. Uh, depth is always important. It is. Absolutely. Uh, Eminem says, my high school coach, Clark Massey at Cordova High School in Rancho Cordova, California. What's up, Sacto? Uh, had a major impact on my life. Glad, glad to hear that. Uh, Jake Gordon says Vando uh, picked it up as of late, but Laurie has been more consistent, and that's uh, what the Jazz need. And I don't think they're similar at all. I don't think you compare those two. Mm. That's just my opinion. I just don't see similarities in that at all. Uh, Brett Burnett says hard to trade uh, like the Jazz did offseason because teams can't collect extra players and hold the Jazz uh, like the Jazz did all summer long before having to trim the roster. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think... The art of building rosters for long-term success is definitely lost in the NBA. And I think what, what you as Jazz fans should be very thankful for is that the Jazz are not Oklahoma City, who's in a constant state of rebuilding. Right. Like, that's not what this team's trying to do. And I think I go back to that Danny Ainge comment, um, and I don't know how many people remember this. Listen to this comment by Danny Ainge. The reality is, is, is we've had 16 years of I wouldn't, it's better than mediocrity for sure at times in the last 16 years, but at the same time, it really hasn't been championship caliber basketball. And um, um, 16 years without finished getting past the second round of the playoffs, right. I think is not what any of us want. And so the change is just, okay, here we are with veteran team, um, had been all in right. on this veteran team. I think Dennis Lindsay has done a fantastic job in this organization, as did Quinn Snyder. And, um, but I just think it's, it's we're starting over. Dude, they dropped the fire red nine early. I'm just going to put the phone away. Yeah. That's Danny Ainge, uh, Utah Jazz basketball CEO. I, I mean, you hear him say 16 years of mediocrity. Yeah. Like, let that resonate with you. 16 years of mediocrity. Yeah. Man. He's not here for the Oklahoma City model. He's not. And, you know, you have an interesting comparison in the, the New Orleans Pelicans coming in tonight. Minus two, 234 is the number on that game. 
Like you're looking at a team that built through trades and Zion Williamson in the draft. Like you look at the way that that Anthony Davis trade transformed this franchise and gave them, now granted, Lonzo Ball's in Chicago without a knee. You know, Josh Hart's where in Portland, I guess. You know, you, you look around the league and you look at what Brandon Ingram means to that franchise. I, I mean, it's a significant, it's a significant deal. The Jazz are going to have to make that kind of Anthony Davis, Brandon Ingram transformative trade. Yeah. You're going to have to go and get an alpha male number one, which Zion has not been for them, by the way. I don't think you get that alpha male in the draft. I think you got to go and trade for or throw a ton of money at somebody. Like, that's what it's going to take. Yeah. That is absolutely what it's going to take. I don't even know who those guys are. I mean, obviously, KD is not available in, in, in Brooklyn. By the way, you going to give it up for me or what? What? Okay, that came out wrong. The Brooklyn Nets are very good. <laughs> you should you shut your mouth with that hate and that yeah, we'll see, spewing uh, of I, I, of, sure. of garbage Listen, that you drop on my Brooklyn Nets. I'm sure that Adam Silver will be thrilled to hand Kyrie Irving the the NBA championship trophy if they were to win it. By the way, I said my Brooklyn Nets. Right, your Brooklyn Nets. You're right. not even gonna you know. Jake is a huge KD guy, as you may yeah. know on this show. Yeah. But uh, my yeah. bulls are terrible, so what else do I have to hang on to? Sorry, folks. That's what it is. You know, um, yeah. I think the Nets are very good. They are. Kyrie Irving. bounced back. He has. Kyrie with, dude, that, just the way he's playing the game, not to score, but to make the Brooklyn Nets score, whether it's him or somebody else, the passing to KD last night, the passing to Ben Simmons last night, the handles that he displayed, those yeah, finishes question. in the paint, that he can still play the game. Yeah, please respect and my privacy. Every question. time, yeah, every time he breaks some dude off in the paint and gets an up and under left to right hand layup in the foul. Excuse me, it's a lay. Oh, oh sorry about that. Every time he gets laid in the paint, um, I'm a man. it makes him more available in trade. And people stop talking about the Jewish community and they start talking about winning championships. And I think this is the the main reason that Kyrie had to come back and play for the Nets. Yep. And I think he is very fortunate Joe Sided, the owner of the Nets, did not cut him. Yeah. But, dude, there was some action last night on the hardwood. <laughs> there was some action last night. <laughs> what? The hardwood. The hardwood. Um, <laughs> Luka Doncic. Douche. But, dude, he's balling out. I mean, they, they, you can't. You look at, at Shea Gilgis Alexander last night, 14 of 23, 13 of 13 from the line, 42 points. Right. And lost. And he lost because Luka Doncic, 13 of 27, 3 of 10 from 3, 38 points. The guy can't hit a three to save his life. How is that even possible? 38 points. Dinwiddie gave him 20. Timmy gave him 20 as well. They got 12 off the bench from Bullock. I'm warning you now that what I said last year at the trade deadline, Spencer Dinwiddie can still play this game. You're welcome. Dude is a stud. Yep. I mean, he lifts. Bucket kidder. He lifts. Look at the biceps. The guy is an absolute stud. Yep. And if the Jazz had traded for Spencer Dinwiddie, which they had the opportunity to do and did not, I think Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert are probably still here. Yep, but they did probably beat Dallas, but you didn't, so you didn't, and now they're not here. And it sucks. Have a nice day. And it sucks because he's really good. He is, man.
Uh, let's see. Eric C. says everyone's a huge KD guy. Oh, contraire. I don't know about that. I don't know about that uh, at all. Um, let's see. Salty Drunk says, how about Bowler with the swag? What are you referring to? Duck Season says Portland's the best team. Well, well, they well, might, well. Well, if you would pay your $100 bet, maybe they would be the best team. But since you haven't, they're still not the best team. You fucking donkey. They're not the best team. <laughs> they're not. Pay us our $100 you owe us. Hey, whoa, whoa. What? Like update, like update. Where I saw some triple digits here. Uh, we're at 109 likes. There we go. Well over 1,000 well views, 109 Let's go. likes. Come on, if you're here right now, give us a thumbs up. It really helps the show grow. Uh, we are trying to get to 9,000 subs by the end of January. So ooh, those you don't like those fire red Not nines. Not that I don't like them. You don't like I those like fire them. red nines? Yes, Are you kidding I me? I like them. Don't have the bread right now, bro. Not, no, not, we're not spending money on that right I now. I do, and I'm not going to do it either. Uh, but right now, we have 8,439 okay. likes. Subs. Or subs, excuse me. Man, that'd be awesome to have 8,400 likes on this <laughs> <A show>. video. <laughs> that'd be amazing. Uh, 8,439 subs on the show. Um, 117 likes. Um, let's keep liking the, the thing. If we get to 9,000 subs by the end of the month, which is very doable, we're it averaging 30-plus subs a day. Which is what we need to. And we need to average about 31 subscribers a day on this show to get to 9,000. If we get to 9,000, we are going to take you plus one to a jazz game with Jake and I. Yeah. We're going to do it in a black cart. We're going to walk right into the jazz team store. We're going to buy you a custom jersey if that's what you want. Now, I'm telling you to get one of the black New Note sweatshirts. I think they're the nicest piece of merch in that store. And they're going to trade everybody who's on the roster now. So I would tell Sorry, you not folks, to get that's a jersey. that's what it is. I just, you know. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, don't be an idiot, idiot. You know what I'm saying? Freak. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. I, I guess, uh, Brett Burnett says Portland, not the best team, but certainly improved the roster and just needing to stay healthy if they want a chance. And Fernie. Yeah. Simon. They're just playing games. Yeah. They're just playing games. So they're getting better. And Dame again, the other day with the, the, oh, the wrist Dame tap. time. Dame yeah. time. How'd that work out? Dame time. Uh, Luis Capazzo says nets are choke city. Don't you speak in those terms? You can if you want. I don't really care. Uh, Brett says, Nets need a losing season along with the Sixers, Rockets, and Wolves. Well, the Wolves are going to get it. The Wolves, are, the Wolves are interesting. The Wolves are interesting. By the way, by the way, how about my, my guy? Here we go. How about James Harden? Yeah, what about him? Is James Harden any good? What about him? They're, uh, <coughs> I, well, I would point out, without Tyrese Maxey in the lineup, they're over 500. They dropped 131 points the other night. A hundred and thirty-one points. Hundred. And James Harden had nineteen, but the guy had sixteen dimes. Sixteen dimes. Oh my God! Just like that. Oh. Let's go. They get Tyrese Maxey back. Okay, are you about to throw a bless up on the show now? Bless up. Um, <laughs> sixteen dimes. Six. He and Joe had fifty-three points. 16 dimes. They had 31 assists as a team. He had 16 of them. Yeah. By the way, he threw in nine rebounds and one block, and he only had four turnovers. Yeah. Nice game. I, I'm just telling you, man. Nice game. But he, but he's been doing that. Where? where let, let me see it in the postseason, dude. That's all I have to say. We're not in the postseason. Well, yet. but but you got to get to the postseason me, first, dude. 
me. You're such a cop. Yeah, I am. Why? The guy hasn't won a damn thing. Right. I get that. I'm not talking about him winning a championship. Like I'm you, talking about James Harden being back. He ain't Zion fat ass anymore. He's actually anymore. James with the handle. <laughs> well, he was. He was. Was Am I wrong? <laughs> First fat. team all fat ass. I'm telling you. <laughs> I am telling you. First team all fat ass. Absolutely. James <laughs> Harden was on that train, dude. Buddy wanted out of Houston so bad, dude. He ate his way to Philadelphia. Fat. To Brooklyn, really. Uh, right? But anyway, I, I, you know, you look, at, you look at, at Portland last night. Again, I just say Rudy Gobert, 16 points and 20 boards, and they lost by, by 21. Nice game. He had 16 points and 20 boards. Jazz fans, does that seem familiar? How many blocks did he have? How about a big fat zero? How about a big fat zero? And I'd remind you, they got heavily out-rebounded last night, 37 to 54. He was a minus nine at 16 points and 20 boards. Not a winner. And, and again, decide if you win or lose. Doesn't mean he's not an impactful player, Rudy Gobert. It doesn't mean that Rudy's not an impactful player. I'm a man. What it means is he's not the guy that's going to win you a championship. Can he be on a championship team? Sure, so can I. <laughs> can he be the best player on a championship team? Hell no. He can't. Yeah. And the biggest issue is, why did he have a big night? They shot 27 three-pointers. Yeah. Right? And on the whole, though, you know what kills them? that they shoot 52% from the free throw stripe. That's 10 it. of 19. That's it. They're not a good basketball team. <laughs> it's not even that Rudy Gobert is awkward. I just like saying his name that way. Don't don't at me, bro. Hey, do you know that that's not how you say Did his you know? name, actually? And it's not, it's not Bojan? Did you guys know that? Why? Did you guys I mean, know that? You should do some homework before you get on YouTube and espouse greatness, and you guys, you guys are just hacks. Bojan. We used to joke about Boyan Bogdanovich's name. Right. And people are like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. I, you guys know his name is not Bojan, right? Gonzaga. Right? I mean, it's, Gonzaga. You know that it's not Gonzaga, right? I have a degree. I went there. It's Gonzaga. I paid my tuition, you jerk. <laughs> there was a girl that lit me up for the Gonzaga Gonzaga thing. She she DM'd me on Instagram and just lit my ass up. Gonzaga. I, I paid tuition there. You're an asshole. Gonzaga. I paid my millions of dollars to become an archaeologist on the ocean floor. You fucking donkey. And I work now, the point is I work in a pizza joint. But I'm Gonzaga. I'm so far in debt to Gonzaga. <laughs> And it insults me <laughs> that you would say Gonzaga. Oh, Gonzaga. Oh, my God, dude. We went through a drive-thru the other day. And I said to the girl, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an archaeologist. And I was like, well, how are you going to pay your bills? I don't know. That's why I work at this place. Yes, yes, yes. It's the day we spent like a million dollars at Taco Bell. Yeah, and, and then and I felt awful for like three days. for two days. Yeah. Um, but the girl at Taco Bell was like, I want to be an archaeologist. And I don't think she appreciate, but I said, "Well, yeah, but how are you going to pay your bill?" <laughs> and she's dilly like, dilly. Well, dilly dilly. Dilly. "I'm going to change my." I said to her, "Are you in school?" Well, I'm taking a semester off because I'm going to change my major. Well, I was majoring in environmental jerking off and stuff, <laughs> and I was like, "Dude," because we know somebody that has a degree in like uh, uh, 
And the way that I always put this, and I f- if you're somebody that's got like an oceanography or archaeology, you want to save the planet, right? Okay. You, you are you are what I call the 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 new Green Deal degree, where you like want to go out and well, I have a degree in planting trees. That's right, T. I don't have a job, but my degree is in planting trees. <laughs> hey, what do you do for a living? I hug <coughs> trees. I have a master's <coughs> in it. <coughs> like if you're gonna go out and get a degree in like. Okay, here's how you plant kale at the bottom of the ocean. If that's your degree. <laughs> Don't say we didn't warn you. Don't say it. Uncle Monty warned you that getting a degree in planting algae at the bottom of the ocean probably ain't a money-making endeavor. And they're going to... The biggest issue is, and this is what I don't think that... And this is mainly a girl problem, by the way. Because usually guys get degrees in having sex. That's what we do, <laughs> right? But, it, it, but I think girls... It's always a girl who's like, oh, I want to save the planet. So I got a degree in shoveling plastic out of the ocean. Right. What do you, where do you work? Starbucks? Um, How much student loan debt do you have? $38,727,000. But Uncle Joe's going to forgive it all. You know. They're always in debt up to their butthole. And they don't have a way to pay it back because they work at Starbucks. Because nobody pays people to shovel plastic out of the ocean. You, you did. Donkey. Right? Like nobody pays for that. So why are you getting a degree in that? Oh my God, dude. How are we talking about planting algae at the bottom of the ocean? It's just where it went. Oh, yes, dude. Now I need comments. What are the people saying? It's it's just where it's at. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Giggity said, uh, good morning, Ruff's official. You got a little Luca on your chin still. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Oh, Luis Capazzo says the beard is back. Yes, oh, it is. Man. Yes, it is. Uh, Kanai Johnson says it's zag, not zog. It's zig then zags. You know, exactly. We went, Sharon <laughs> Eccles says we went from Rudy Gobert to Ocean Algae real <laughs> That's right, T. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of ocean algae, all of our talk about the Utah Jazz on this show uh, is presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. Get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Watch the free webinar. Um, that's exactly what it is. It's free. There's no obligation. You watch the webinar. You make a decision. Because we're at such a critical time of the year. And I was going to do a YouTube short yesterday, but I looked fat in the video, so I deleted it. But my message in the YouTube short yesterday was, why are we all making New Year's resolutions? Why are we all saying, well, in 2023, I'm going to plant a whole bushel of kale at the bottom of the ocean. Go do that now. Why are you complaining about your credit card debt? Maybe it is student loan debt. In all seriousness, maybe you're like, dude, I have $50,000 in student loan debt, and I have no idea how to pay that off. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. That's how you're going to pay it off. There are people today, right now in the great state of Utah and across this country who went through the Triday trading program that are going to make a thousand dollars today. I want it. There are people every day in this country that do it part-time that make hundreds of dollars a day day trading because they made the decision that you haven't made yet to stop living the life that's being dictated to them and to take control of their life and live the life they've always wanted tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Register, it's free. There's no obligation beyond watching the, the webinar and then make a decision. 
Because what I want for you most this time of year, and I, I get on this run every year at Christmas and New Year. Right. I don't want to hear about your New Year's resolutions. I want to hear about your today resolution. We talked about it with Mike Leach, Leach passing away this morning. Yeah. Mike Leach, dead at the age of 61. Live your life like tomorrow's not guaranteed. Yeah. Take steps to ensure that you thrive and you prosper by going to TridayTrading.com slash Monty Triday Trading presents all of our NBA and Utah Jazz talk on this show. Jordan Royal says, one of my biggest regrets is getting a degree that I couldn't get a job with. If I could do it all over again, I would do some sort of trade program. Probably would be making more money than I do now. What was your? What is everybody's degree in? Yeah. What is everybody's degree in? My, my degree is in hating on Rudy Gobert. Yep. I agree. You're a master. You have a double master's yeah. in that. Uh, Monty, that was quite the woke of you. Love it. Okay. Well, Jaron, so true. You see Regent Gumby says fat. Yeah, fat. Right. Fat. Right. Fat. Um, uh -huh. What fat. is everybody's degree in, by the way? Uh, good morning, Monty. I stayed home with the baby. It's too cold out there watching your show on the big screen. Love it, Neville. Appreciate yeah. you, Let's my go, guy. Dude. Uh, Salty Drunk says fat. Uh -huh. uh, Greg Romano uh, says political science and art, degrees that don't pay you back. I'm saying, I, I want to go run Donald Trump's next campaign. Time to go poli-sci, bitches. <laughs> Good luck. Kanai says, hell yeah, Neville 93. Exactly right. Exactly right. Kay Nuren says, so are the Zags going to the Big 12? Gonzaga. Uh, I, <laughs> you're such a troublemaker. Uh, I think at the end of the day, the, the, the Gonzaga Bulldogs right. will end up in the Big 12. The Chets. I do. The Chets. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Tyler P says, unless you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, don't go to college. Hell yeah, dude. For once, Tyler P, I'm with you, bro. I didn't go to college either. My guy. Not doing it. Not go to the, doing it. And I joke, I, 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 my wife has a broken arm. We go to the, this is, this was one of the most rewarding, throbbing, yeah, so wait, okay. lower yeah. waist moments how of has, my life. How has life at home been lately? Because we went through the stretch two weeks ago where it was a little rough, but now, you know. It's been a pain in the shoulder. Yeah. Um, I've been doing the dishes, feeding the dogs, and I don't mind doing it at all. Uh, but we go to the orthopedic guy yesterday. Right. Yeah. And so my wife is a good, not great patient. What does being a good patient look like? What does that mean? She's good in that she takes her medication on time. Like she doesn't take opioids. She's using Advil and Tylenol combined to manage pain. So she does that very well. Right. She does a really good job of keeping her arm in her sling. But I was telling her, hey, you know what? The most important thing is not keeping your arm in the sling. You know, we can get an ACE bandage and wrap it around your lower, your lower, lower upper arm so that that elbow is pinned to your rib cage. Why would she want to do that? What is the... Mrs. Monty works at home. She's a big okay, high-tech so, so it basically employee. frees up her lower arm a bit so she can type. Because she has full motion in her arm. She what, what happened is there's a little dome on the outside of your shoulder. Yeah. She broke that dome. So she did not break the bone across the arm, right? She broke the little dome. And so she has full movement of her arm. What she can't do is this. She cannot do this, right? They don't want her doing that. It needs to heal, right? Yeah. So 
I've been telling her, hey, you can do that. Hey, you know, you can take your arm out of the sling and, you know, kind of stretch and work a little bit, feel better about it. We go into the orthopedic guy and he's like, yeah, the most important thing is to keep your, you know, your elbow down, you know, pin your side really. But you could take your arm out and type if you want to type. <laughs> and then I was telling her, you know, my biggest concern with your shoulder injury is, you know, your rotator cuff. We want to make sure that we protect your rotator cuff and we make sure that what it's could okay. Happen, and, what, could, what could happen? Just for, because well, I, I don't know anything about this stuff either. So I'm just asking you these things. So, okay. You know. So Uncle Monty, Dr. Marcus Welby, however you want to put it. Right. I know quite a bit about these things just for from working in sports. So at your shoulder, like right here where she broke her shoulder, yeah. your bicep, your your like your chest muscles, your upper arm muscle, your bicep, and your rotator cuff kind of all come together to help your arm. Like your rotator cuff, all your rotator cuff do essentially is this. Right. That's the main function is to allow your arm to turn. And so one of the things that happens when you break that part of your shoulder is it the rotator cuff lays right on top of that part of your shoulder. So if it's a bad break, it can tear your rotator cuff. It can put bone chips in your rotator cuff. Yeah. So you have to be really careful to protect your rotator cuff. If she has to have surgery, she's getting a CAT scan today because the fracture is right on the line of surgery, no surgery. At five millimeters, they do surgery. If it's above five millimeters, yes. If it's five or below, no. She's at 5.1. Yeah. So she might have to have surgery. They're going to do a CAT scan today. So one of the things that you worry about with the surgery is it's going to cut through your rotator cuff. So she doesn't want to do that. And what I was telling her is, hey, we really need to pay attention to your rotator cuff. And he goes, yeah, the thing you, you worry about is your rotator cuff. You know, it could be damaged. Like, it was just <laughs> awesome to have this guy be like, yeah, you know, like chapter and verse. It was pretty amazing. So did she, but did she see that? Oh yeah. She totally acknowledged it. <clears throat> what did she say? She was like, yeah, that's cool. Okay, great. Shut up now. Go do the dishes. <laughs> you know, but you think you know it all yeah, is what it is. Uh, San Diego state says, and there are only two people in the entire country who plant algae on the ocean floor. They work at mobile oil and they provide inspiration to millions who work in the fast food industry. Well, exactly. Right. There you go. Exactly. Right. Uh, Jesse says, I'm getting my liar degree. I mean, law degree. He, he, now, come on, man. I was almost a lawyer. I was almost that's, a that's lawyer. That's a good field to be in. Yep. Brett Burnett says, uh, college, fine. Just get someone else to pay for it. Truth. Agreed. Truth. Uh, Jordan <clears throat> says, my degree was exercise and wellness. Was planning on going to physical therapy school, but had to change course. Nice. Well, I mean, you can use that. Greg says, I got a political science degree. Useless. Yeah, a lot of people say that. Uh, good to see you, Greg. Alan Corbin says, degree in poli-sci and history helped when I was in news radio. There you go. I work in radio for 35 years or whatever it is now. I've, I've never, I do not have a communications degree, none of that. I didn't need it. Uh, Luis Capasso says, no degree here, still making money. Same. Uh, Brett Burnett, college debt never worth it 99% of the time. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, environmental science, water treatment. Wow. Okay, Kurt. I like it. Okay. Salty Drunk's going to be a jerk this morning because he's taunting us over Forex beer which is the greatest beer on the planet next to Modelo. Uh, I have a degree in 4X consumption. Yeah. So good. Okay, do we give Ruff's official a chance? Do we give him a chance? All right, let's give him a chance. I'm being nice today. All those years of college and studying when all people have to do is read Wikipedia and become experts like Monty and Junior. Geniuses. Well, you're coming along, dude. Coming you know, along. I mean, it's, We are it's, absolutely it's truly, geniuses. I mean... I mean, maybe you should take your own advice since you're completely ignorant on the Brittany Griner situation. What, what do I'm you saying. think? That's what I'm saying. 
Uh, 01MAGCAT says, a life lesson in college degree, the Monty Show knows tree hugging won't pay the bills. That's what I'm talking about. I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny when people roll in and they're like, like, like I love when people are like, hey, uh, I'm, on, I'm on the content team and this is what I do. And you're making like $5 a day. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a, you, it, you could go out and do for yourself way better. You got to decide what you want to do. Like, this is why we partner with small businesses like Steve at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. I think the guy is truly inspirational. Yeah. If you want to open a business, call Steve and say, hey, man, I'm thinking about opening a business. Monty said you're a really good entrepreneur. Yeah. The guy's got like 71 businesses he runs. Yeah. It's crazy. And you look at you look at the way that Barbecue Pit Stop operates. What's their main thing? Well, yeah, they have great equipment. Yeah, they have great seasoned spices, rubs, meats, all that. They understand one thing very, very succinctly. Take care of people. Build relationships. Yeah. Make customers for life. We don't hey want guys. customers one time. We want them for life. That's what guys like Quick Quack Car Wash. Yeah. Like, I, like the guys at Tri-Day Trading. And I don't, I, listen, I don't espouse about things like Tri-Day Trading because I'm trying to make more money. I espouse about Tri-Day Trading because it will change your life. And I, you, you have conversations and you meet people. They all come from varying different backgrounds. Like I was talking to a guy who founded one of the major cookie companies yeah. here in the cookie wars. The cookie wars. He hasn't spent a day, a day in practical application of his degree. But the guy is absolutely a genius entrepreneur. Yeah. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And if you want to be a doctor, go to college. You want to get your, your JD, be a lawyer, go to college. You want to be a mechanic, you got to go to college. You want to be on the radio, you don't have to go to college. Yeah. You want to be an entrepreneur or open up an e-commerce or don't go to college. That's what I'm telling you. Uh, Brett Burnett says, self-improvement is important. Just avoid the scam school and debt uh, to do it. Yeah. I'm, and again, another reason why I'm a huge advocate for things like tri-day trading. Because it's not a left lung to get involved with Tri-Day Trading. Yeah. It's, it's not at all. And you're going to make money. If you're going to spend money to learn something, you better be able to make that back 5 and 10 to 1. Yeah. Quickly. You, you better be able Quickly. to. Or you're not. Like, that's one of the things about real estate. The hardest lesson I ever learned in real estate is you don't need a website to, have, to be a good real estate agent. You don't need it. You don't. You know what you need? You need the ability to write a contract. You need the ability to learn quickly and you better be a relationship builder. Yeah. Things like websites and, and, and again, if you go into business for yourself, please don't print business cards. I think business cards are one of the worst tools that, that we all believe we need. You don't need them. You don't need them. Absolutely, you don't need them. San Diego State says economics with a finance minor, grad degree in organizational leadership from the school with the drop button. Uh, Jake likes to press and piss select people off. Gonzaga. Did you, San Diego State, you went to Gonzaga? Gonzaga. No. You didn't go to San Diego State? Snapdragon? That's right. You told me you went to Gonzaga. I knew that. Gonzaga. <laughs> You're a jerk. 123 likes on 125 watching right now. That's how it's Let's done, Casual. Let's go. Casuals. Well done. Let's go. 136 watching right now. 128 likes. Let's go. Well done. Get it done. Very well done. Get it done. Appreciate Excellent you guys hitting work. the like button. Thank you so much. Uh, Kanai says, uh, degree equals debt, trade work equals freedom. Yes, it does. Uh, Madcat says, thank you, Uncle Monty. I learned something new today. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, Ruff's official says, Monty is also a physical therapist from his Wikipedia degree. First of all, I never read Wikipedia. Yeah. 
you know. Uh, shoulder surgery is painful, tough recovery. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You know, the funny thing is I also asked this guy about my ACL because I don't have an ACL on my left knee. Right. Um, he's like, yeah, don't get it fixed. He's like, if you if it's not impacting your quality of life, don't even consider it. Don't, don't, don't even talk about it. He's like, just live your life. Totally agree. Totally agree. Eminem says, got a poli-sci degree at UCLA, retired at 100K and still coaching high school football. Nice. Nice. Well done. Um, let's see. Brent Burnett says, uh, coaching can be rewarding regardless of pay. Love all my coaches. So influential in my life. Yes, exactly right. Gage Carter says, Ruff's official and duck season are the championship for the biggest clown. Yep. They are competing. There's no doubt about that. Biggest clown, um, Exila. What do you mean? Ticker Exila. Okay. Uh, Kay Nuren says, just don't get a degree in art history. Oh, my God. Do they, is, really that despicable. A, is that a degree? That's ridiculous. San Diego State says, yes, San Diego State undergrad, Gonzaga graduate work. Nice. Ah, well done, sir. Nice. Well NY Monty fan says, don't go to school just to go to school. Also, don't listen to people's advice about who don't truly care about you. Yeah. Amen to that. And the, the thing is, and I think we've told this story. Jake came to me at one point. He was playing baseball. You remember Willie McGee, the baseball player? Yeah. Jake was playing baseball for him at Contra Costa Community College. And we actually went to culinary school together because Jake was, Jake's a really good cook, believe it or not. Makes a huge mess, but here another. So we're in culinary school. Jake's playing baseball. And he just came to me and said, I'm done. I'm done with school. It's not for me. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I'm done going to school. Yeah. And so I said to him, well, you better figure it out. I'll give you, I'll give you like a month to figure out what you want to do. He's like, I want to snowboard. Because we were going to... Um, I worked at KGO and KMBR in San Francisco, which is about an hour and a half from Tahoe. Yeah. So he said, well, hey, I want to be, I want to snowboard for a living. I was like, okay, well, let's give it every shot. So every, every Sunday afternoon, we would drive from San Francisco to Tahoe and spend Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in Tahoe snowboarding. It was amazing. And eventually we moved up to Utah. Jake went up and worked at Canyons, decided he didn't want to do that. Right. So you have to, though, if you're not going to go to school, be prepared to fail and be okay with it. If you went to school, be prepared to fail and be okay with it. Just we're, understand your, your student debt payment. We're so scared of failing. Yeah. We are so scared of failing. Go and try it. And if you fail, try again because you're going to be better the second time. We, yep. you just, you're not starting from scratch the second time. We've got to stop scaring our kids into going to college. we got to stop doing that. Because it's not setting them up to succeed. I can promise you that. It is not setting them up to succeed. Yeah. If you are, if you're like, oh, you're going to be a miserable failure. How's your relationship with your kid when you're yelling at them that they're a miserable <coughs> failure? <coughs> we joke a lot on the show, but I think I've given you pretty sage advice. Yeah. And I've always supported the things that you want to do. Yeah. Because I just don't believe that you can force a kid to go to college who wants to snowboard. Those two things don't. And we used to talk about it all the time. I used, I tried to convince him. I was like, "Hey, if you want to, if you want to snowboard, get a get a degree. You know, go study manage resort management, hospitality. Like there are things you could do." And he didn't want to do that. Okay, great. Let's figure it out. Stop bullying your kids into going to college. Now, if they don't want to go to college, they have to have a plan. They're not going to sit home and play Xbox all day. They're not going to sit home and watch TikToks all day. What is this? Scroll down a little bit. Eric C says something right there about me riding coattails. 
love you, Jake, but damn, he's the luckiest SOB to just ride those coattails. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, you don't know the behind the scenes. I wouldn't say that Jake rides coattails. The obvious inference is, well, I've been in radio for 30 years and you're just tagging along. He, it, Jake, it, it's, that's not how our business is set up. That's not at all how our business is set up. I mean, he has skills that I don't or, you know, like, I mean, the video aspect, the, all of our video stuff, like, I don't have to defend what he does, but trust me when I say there's no coattails being ridden. You know, Greg Romano says, for the most part, four-year universities are a waste of money. Tech universities fit most people's lifestyle and budgets. Yeah, trades. Learn trades. Yeah. Learn trades. Absolutely learn trades. And my Monty says, fail to learn and learn to fail. Recipe for success. You have to fail. You have to fail. Yeah. Have to fail. Tom said, uh, colleges went wild with fees and degrees, became a scam, totally fine with student loan debt relief, and I have none. I would like to see, but it, that's a whole different show. Yeah, not interested in that today. Uh, Eric C. says, no disrespect to Jake at all. His body of work speaks for itself. I don't take it as disrespect. I just think, you know, I, and this is why I always tell people, like, you, like, people just assume. Like, so it's funny. You know how you always say on the show, like, when some when people want it when people want answers they call me when they want something done they call you yeah. like like people just assume certain things about the show and it's like we, like like I figured out the setup we use I know like I do all the video on the show like like there's like I have bought all all the stuff that I use like it, there's not a a, a coattail being ridden now have I learned a lot yeah absolutely hell yeah, yeah. do I have certain advantages because he's been in the industry for a long time absolutely absolutely but i think at a certain point you know you you obviously it's it's like the whole coaching discussion we were having at yes. a certain point you reach your max with your coach like you reach how like they've given you everything they can give you and then you have to take that torch and and now start self-learning and self-developing and self-doing things and it's like so that's why i say like yes the show like he's number one and i'm number two on the show but we do it that way because that's what's best for the show. That's the dynamic that really allows the show to flow. And that's where I say, hey, the reason we're the biggest show in Utah is because we have chemistry that you can't teach. I've always said that. And so I think it just, it all plays together. So I don't really take it as disrespect, but I just think, again, with all due respect to you, I think it's an ignorant take because you don't know what happens. You just have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Arlington Bears says, uh, Monty, I had to drop out of college my junior year because I was making too much money. Yeah, and look where you've gone. Yeah. I mean, Chris Karn, I mean. Talk about an entrepreneur. Yeah. Jesus. You, I mean, Chris has, and I don't know, Chris, the intimate details of Chris Karn's life. Uh, I know that he supports building football stadiums on piles of horse manure. Other than that, <laughs> I don't know what he does for a living. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, you know. Uh, Kay Nuren says surgery can always go bad sometimes. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, don't let it worry you. Just get the best doctor. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping Mrs. Monty avoids shoulder surgery. Because, I think she will. I mean, it's, I think she will. This cat scan today will be important. And then her and her doctor will talk about it, but I would push towards not. The yeah. problem is if your bone doesn't heal right. You, they nah, have to re-break it. They yeah, got to nah, re-break trouble. You know, scammer trolling says you guys are absolutely number one. Are you scam trolling us? I don't know. You know, somebody asked us about that the other day and said that it was incredibly arrogant that we are the, to call ourselves the biggest sports talk show in Utah. Well, one, we have the numbers to back it up, number one. Uh, number two, the theater of the mind is, is really powerful. So if I had five listeners, I'd be telling you I was the number one sports talk show in Utah. 
But the fact is, get on YouTube, which is where everybody is, by the way. It's a public platform, right? The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. People are not listening to radio. And again, to be candid with you, I would guess that we get a call. When we open this whole thing up, the, the studio. We were getting calls a week to come work in radio in Salt Lake City. Yep. I bet we get calls a month now. From organizations that you know. Every radio company in this town has asked us to do our show on their station. Everyone. I am not lying to you. They call. They're like, hey, would you, can you, would you, hey. No, we won't. And if you recognize and if you read the data, if you... If, if you're somebody that's a data person, I am. I look at trends and numbers and Nielsen ratings and... All the same stuff that radio professionals look at, right? They all see their radio audience shrinking. And where are they going? They're going to YouTube. And if you Google search anything, you're going to get YouTube videos given to you in that result because Google owns YouTube. But if you, if you just YouTube search BYU football... If you YouTube search Pac-12, Utah Jazz, you're going to see five or 10 of our videos. It's the facts of the case. And if you look at the numbers, I mean, when you're, we're pushing every month, every 28 days, 200,000 people listen to this show. Yeah. Every single month. And it grows a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It's not accidental. We're here every day. And that's why it's so important that you like the show. Yeah. That's my point. But as uh, far as, but to finish the point, like the arrogance thing, like you can take it, like whoever, I don't know who commented that, but you like people can say it's arrogant, but, but the fact is, is, is radio professionals will tell you that like they, they won't say it publicly, but there's a reason they were hating on us yeah. on the air. There's a reason that Spence Checkets refers to us as the YouTube hacks. Yeah. And by the way, we appreciate that. Yes, it helps we do. our show. Grow. Because you know what? You know how I know we're the biggest show in Utah? Put the numbers aside. This guy on his show went out of his way to call us the YouTube hacks, and everybody DM'd us. Everybody told us about it. Everybody mentioned it to us. So yep. they know, without him naming us by name intentionally, I might add, they know what that means. And and then there's the other radio station who said the Jazz were never going to trade Rudy Gobert and that we made stuff up because we want people to click. So we were making stuff up. And I mean, um, less than a month later, they traded Rudy Gobert. Mm. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's not rocket science. And then you science. got taken to the woodshed by all those same listeners who took that as disrespect. Oh, and by the way... No, I'm, I, we could keep going. Anyway, Don't the point is... Don't even get me started on, on beat writers and the Tribune and, and all that stuff on Twitter. Like, that's how you know. That's how you know. When people start feeling threatened, it's because, A, we're more prepared than anybody in this town on the topics that we're all talking about. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Kanai Johnson says, this is like Steph and Clay, but a talk show. Yeah, you're damn right it is. I appreciate that. Uh, if what you're saying is true, what is wrong with saying it? People need to get real because they won't get real. The biggest issue, and this is in any business across any, any category, any genre of business. So many people that run business in this world want to do it the way it's always been done. Yeah. And it's the people who push back against change that routinely fail and stay right where they are. And they have this little bit of success, but they don't want to change and they want to push back. And eventually people just pass you by. And the thing that you wind up doing at the end of that lesson, when you figure out, man, 
I should have changed is it forces you to take stock of what you didn't do and the money you didn't earn because you didn't change and evolve. And if you're in radio today and you are not on YouTube, you should be cha- you, you're making a mistake. Yep. Uh, Tom says, why not, why not stream it on the radio and YouTube? Honest question, because the issue with that is then everybody's got their hands in the soup. And the problem is with radio, it's just not a functional, nobody's going to sit. And this is one of the things that happened from the pandemic. Radio research has shown that listeners do not sit through commercial breaks. You go to commercial, they turn that off. Through the pandemic, what we learned is they don't come back now. You know, the rate of return after a commercial break is almost zero. And what happens is on YouTube, like you look at Howard Stern or you look at Pat McAfee, those are arguably the two biggest talk shows in sports and news. Throw JRE in there, right? Like throw in Joe Rogan experience. Yeah. Throw Joe Rogan in there. Because I would say he's, he's one of the biggest ones, yeah. So you look at those three, what do they not do? They don't take standard commercial breaks. You look at Howard Stern. He, he goes as long as he... We don't have an end time on this show. We need to go because it's 9.03. But we don't have an end time on this show. Yeah. And the bottom line is because we do what we want. And our, we have great sponsors who know we're going to take care of them because you guys are going to go to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. When we talk about people like Triday, our success is you guys go watch that and then you reach out to them and you say, hey, I heard about you on the Monty show. What does this mean? Or, hey, I watched the, the webinar. Or So go to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Watch the webinar. It's as good as hitting the like button. Yeah. We really do have to go, unfortunately. This has been great. You guys, have, I love talking about it. I absolutely love talking about it. You guys are amazing. Uh, the Monty Show is presented by the Advocates, utahadvocates.com on a daily basis. But hey, thanks to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Thanks to Quick Quack Car Wash. Thanks to our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Our friends at the Advocates. Go all of them. Tell them, hey, I heard about you on the Monty Show. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.